Hello, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I am doing rather well now. Uh, crazy busy day. I did not expect my day to be as busy as it was or is. And now I finally get to uh, relax. So Jenny. state your name. Jenny Oswajasakal. I have a, I have a, <laughs> I have a problem with the last name. Say it again. Oswajasakal. Okay. Jen, where are you from? Uh, from Chicagoland area. I grew okay. up in Naperville. Okay, where's your family from? Um, my mom is from kind of similar area, Naperville. Um, southern, rural, or no, she's from the uh, Burbs. Uh, my dad's from Bangkok, Thailand. Aha, uh -huh. yes, let's follow this name. Because I want to know more about this name because it's very hard uh, to pronounce. Um, when I see it, I go, damn it, man. Like, this is too many syllables. It's words. phonetic. I don't know if that helps or not. Is what? Uh, it's phonetic, so it's pronounced precisely as it's written. Okay. Uh, so, like, if you just break it down into the syllables, then it's not so bad. But okay. Thai names are typically pretty hard to pronounce. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> there is a boxer named Sorung Visai, but the other part of the name is like long too. And I was just like, man, dude, we need to do something about these names, man. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, so you grew up in Chicago or in the suburbs? Yeah, in the suburbs. Yep. Okay. Uh, I was born in Oak Park, but when I was really little, um, we moved out to Naperville and that's pretty much where I was until my mid twenties. Okay. And I, my sister bought a house in Oswego. I moved with her. And then a few years after that, I came to Chicago. Okay. What got you into the culinary field? Um, my mom actually had decided it for me. Um, when I was in high school, I actually really wanted to do genetics and biology. And I just kind of got really burnt out senior year. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this much school. Okay. So um, I was set on not going to college, on taking a break from school. And my parents were very set on, no, you're going to go get your four year, you're going to get your bachelor's and you're going to do something. So I said, okay, well, if you're going to make me go, you decide what I'm going to do. Because what I originally wanted to do, I don't think I'm going to be capable of doing anymore. So my mom said, well, you bake. You really like baking. So why don't you try culinary school? I'm like, fine, you set it up. <laughs> you set it up and I'll do whatever. I don't care. Okay. So um, she did the research. I was, um, I got signed up and did the tour of Kendall College and everything like that. Started getting excited about it. Um, and then I was on a jazz band exchange trip. So I was in Germany at the time. And my mom said, did you know that you're in class like 12 hours a day, five days a week? I said, no. <laughs> so then she found Joliet Junior College. And then I ended up switching over to that and doing my uh, two year, my associates in culinary arts there. You said jazz band? Is that what I heard? Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I've been in, I was involved in band pretty much since third grade, I think. 
Aha. You play yeah, instruments. So I used to, yeah. Um, I started on clarinet and then jazz band got me into saxophone. So I played tenor saxophone and Barry sax. Ah, no yep. more. You don't do it anymore. No, you know, I tried it in college. I tried it at Joliet and it's just because it was a different group. It was like, it just had a whole different feel to it. And I mean, as you know, I mean, culinary arts, like, I mean, it's, it's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of time. And I just kind of ended up losing my passion for it. I mean, I still loved it, but it was like, it, it wasn't enough to keep it going on my own. Are you the type that still listens to music uh, on that level where you're listening to like chords and instrumentation? Um, no. not, not so, not as much. Okay. No, there might be a little bit, my, my appreciation for music has kind of changed a little bit where, uh, I kind of use it more for like emotional connection or meditations and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, that aspect I think is kind of like in my previous life. <laughs> like that I've kind of moved on from since college. Okay. Um, so you actually had a background in, in, in culinary dance because your mom- I mean, kind of. I mean, my well, we grew up, uh, you know, all of our, most of our meals were always home cooked. Uh, it was like a really special treat for us to be able to eat out or order something. Um, you know, I have memories every single year doing Christmas cookies or helping out with Thanksgiving dinners and stuff like that. And it wasn't something that I had ever planned that I would want to do as a career. Um, but when she suggested it and then I just kind of fell into it, you know, I just kind of fell in love with it as I started doing it more and more. And so I'm trained in savory and pastry, but I just ended up loving the pastry so much. And I ended up excelling better at pastry and just kind of followed that route. Okay. Do you come from a family that shun uh, fast foods? Because my mom, she, she had no love for fast food. For her, it was like, if, if they can make a burger, I can make a burger. What's the difference? You know, I don't know what the difference was, but we were so adamant about having a fast food burger but it was just it was almost the same thing except for she she used more meat yeah family mom or dad like that uh not really as i got more into health i kind of was the one who was like how can you eat that yeah. <laughs> and it kind of caused a little you know caused some tension with them i mean it's not something that they have like all the time is but it's like an every once in a while type of thing, or if they need like a quick, a quick meal. Yeah. Now I'll eat it. I'll eat fast food. If it's like a, a quick fix um, to prevent me from having a headache. Yeah. If I know I'm going to get home late. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to make something real quick. Cause like for me, stir fry is the easiest thing to make. Yeah. Um, when, you're, when you're coming home, stir fry or like some spinach. And uh, if you have a piece of, salmon or, or yeah. some type of beef in a, in a fridge yeah. that's very easy to do but if it's so I, I can do that but 
if I know I'm gonna be, if I'm not gonna get home very fast to make a, yeah. a meal, I'll stop in. And Wendy's is my preferred. I'll just mm-hmm. say that I'll prefer a Wendy's burger over anybody else's burger anytime. Yeah. But if it's not anything like that, then I won't. I won't eat out uh, until recently. Well, I did have some Harold's chicken, and I did enjoy it. It was pretty damn good. <laughs> like that in a very long time. And I'll also say that I had it twice in a row. I had it two days in a row. I don't <laughs> like that normally, but I, I am telling on myself because I normally don't eat like that. Like it's not a lot of fried foods Yeah, that happen over here. Um, I'm, I'm I like, mean, it's just, it's just hard. I mean, I will say, you know, I've had Arby's a, f- a few times this year. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, the closest thing that I've had to fast food, I would probably say is like steak and shake, maybe a few times, but I would say in the last, maybe like 13 years or so, Mm -hmm. maybe like 10 years, I have not had any type of like fast food. Yeah. Like I say, Um, steak and shake is probably the closest thing. I'll say this for me. The, the smell of it bothers me unless I want it. Like yeah. just smelling it bothers me because I know what the smell mm-hmm. is. I work in the I work in the food <laughs> the food and hospitality industry, so I know what that is. But it bothers me unless I want it. Like I can yeah. smell it like oh that that's horrible. Like who would eat that? But if yeah. it's oh that smells so good. Like oh, so <laughs> right. it's two different things for me. Like I. I think I've gotten to the point where my where my my body, my nose, my senses know that it's not good for me. Yeah. So I have to come home and make something to eat unless I'm out and I know I'm going to be out all day and I won't be able right. to get home. Yeah. Some, uh, some actual food. Right. Uh, zucchini is good for people who don't know. You should try using zucchini. It's very good. Um, I have to make zucchini noodles uh, sooner or later at some point. Good too. I'm telling y'all, y'all oh, should actually... Good. Yeah, people should actually get up on this stuff and actually try doing it. You'll love it. You'll be surprised. <laughs> I thought it was something so weird when they were telling me about it. I was like, oh, no, you need a spiralizer and you can do this, you can do that. And then I actually did it and I did it myself. I was like, oh, aha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is delicious. So, yeah. you know, you can actually make the noodles and everything yourself, mm-hmm. spaghetti, whatever it is you want to do. And it turns out very good. Um, mm-hmm. You should definitely try a natural, more healthy, cleaner living and eating. It, it does work. Changes your mind too, you, you, the way you think and the way you process everything again. I know growing up in an aggressive environment, that is one of the things that do does help to kind of ward off a lot of that, like the, the cleaner living or cleaner eating kind of changes the way you think. Cause you're eating meat all the time. Ah, oh, I got, I got to eat meat. I got to eat meat raw. But uh, right, yeah, it definitely changes the way you, uh, way you feel and think. Yeah, at least for me, I'll say that I notice the difference after yeah. I get to eating a Wendy's burger or some chicken. Even though I have consumed it and it feels good, you know, I start saying or thinking some of the most vile things. <laughs> yeah. And I can tell, I, I have noticed it like, damn, why am I saying stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it's the aggression of meat, you know, the killing and everything like that. I think it all ties in together, but that's just me thinking Yeah. about that. So 
we meet in sometime in such and such, such a year. And you were a very feisty person. Why was that, Jen? You were feisty. And I'm not saying in a bad way, because I loved it. When you were, I was like, yes, say more of that type of stuff. I like it. Yes. It's still there. Good. Awesome. Don't lose it. I love it. No, it's definitely still there. Just a little bit more on a more tired level. Ah, there's a tired level. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that happens as life goes on. Things yes. happen, new age. I mean, yeah, it was probably, I was thinking about this probably about, I'm 35 now, so it was probably about 10 years ago mm -hmm. that we worked together. Damn it, has it been 10 years? Yeah. Jeez. Probably about that. That's a long fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm knowing you 10 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, so tell me about this, because you were feisty at the time. Um, even when I would go and drop off stuff to you guys, <laughs> you had an attitude with me dropping off stuff. And I was like, what did I do? And he was like, oh, no, don't worry about that. This is just how I am. You're just going to have to get used to it. Yeah. And I looked back, I was like, oh, okay, I salute that. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, that's pretty much how I am now. I mean, it, it, I, I don't really care if people like me or not especially like in a work setting yeah and um you know it's kind of like i am who i am i you know i can put on my my customer service face <laughs> i can i can put that on but ultimately i mean it, it's exhausting doing that so there's going to be aspects of me that people like and people don't like and you know i make no apologies for who i am i prefer i'm, I'm never going to intentionally be a bitch to someone unless it's called for <laughs> i wouldn't say you like, were you were feisty you were <laughs> yeah. yeah i liked it yeah. i don't i didn't have a problem with it like i enjoyed it i was like okay if she's gonna be like that that's fine i was like right, let me but i was like let me pay attention because if she starts crossing lines we're gonna have a different conversation. Yeah. But it, it, for yeah. the most part, I'm definitely. It was more. Yeah, I'm a little. Bit, I, I be a little bit of a boundary pusher, but um, oh. I still respect people. <laughs> it was just like, damn, if she's gonna talk to that, talk to me like that, like I'll take it. But let me see what this is really about. And then I found that it was just right, right. Because with the job uh, that you were doing, yeah. that I was doing, um, the levels yeah. of is that you're expecting people to be able to do things that like and perform um yeah and being able to having needs you know what i mean like just i need this 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 and this to perform at a certain level and then um, yeah not necessarily being mad at me but the fact that certain things weren't ordered in between and then me just going like i don't know anything about that like i'm just i, I can only give you what what's here <laughs> you know like I don't bring you the stuff yeah, like, give me my shit, man. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, say she's like a drug dealer picking on me, man. Like, where's my shit? I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? I ordered this. I was like, I don't have anything to do with that. You need to go talk to someone. Where's my yeah. shit, man? It's like, I don't have anything to do with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm still like that. That's fine. That's fine. So, so 
working in the hospitality industry, what were the biggest takeaways for you? Oh, good or bad doesn't matter. Um, I definitely learned my limit. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the big reasons why I left. Um, you know, the job that I last had as pastry chef, um, smaller hotel, you know, in, in the grand scheme of hospitality, my job was not that bad. Um, but I had known for a while that I had wanted to get out, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And it got to the point where I was doing, um, I ended up doing a yoga teacher training. I ended up doing an online holistic health coaching certificate. And so I knew I wanted to do something to kind of like help people and like give back. But I said I was going to hang on to that job, to the pastry chef position, um, as long as, you know, it was a paycheck. It was, you know, I owned a condo and I had bills to pay. So, um, but eventually I was, you know, there was a big misunderstanding at work around the holidays and after that, I just never recovered and I was just having creative burnout and I just couldn't bounce back. And I was having like mini meltdowns every few weeks. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, so I left and it was the best decision I had ever made. <laughs> um, but, you know, takeaways from the industry I learned to multitask like crazy. I learned to organize like crazy. <laughs> you and me um, both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I learned the importance of being efficient. And at that same time, especially the last couple of years, I learned the importance of having a work-life balance and how important that is. And that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to have. I didn't want to dedicate my life to something that I wasn't passionate about anymore just because it paid the bills. Like there's more to life than that. Do you remember one of the last times you were there and you were in the storeroom? I don't know if you noticed me being there, but you were cursing out the sugar. Do you remember that? No. You don't remember that? <laughs> I blocked a lot out from that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, several times. I'm not going to mention all of them, but you were, you were writing. I don't know what you were writing down, but you had a notepad, but you were cursing out the sugar, and I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> um, but I was over by the door, and I heard it. I was like, is she really just going to like say this type of shit like while I'm sitting here? Like I'm like a really a human being? And I walk over to confront <laughs> you and you're literally talking to the bag of sugar in your notepad. You don't remember I that? I don't remember that at all. Okay. I just wanted to bring that up. I was like, I wonder if she remembers that. I was like, Jesus. Um, it must be it tough. Doesn't, there. It doesn't surprise me. But I don't remember that. No, you were talking to the sugar, my dear. 
well, no pad. <laughs> so fucking sick of you. And I was like, so I was like, I didn't even do anything. And it was like one of those times where you were just like kind of like going in. It was a, it wasn't like you were mumbling, like you were talking, <laughs> but you weren't talking directly to me. And I was like, well, maybe she's on the phone. So I walked over to see, like, okay, maybe she's on the phone because she can't be talking to me. I haven't done anything to her. I gave her everything that she asked for. So I go over there and I look. I was like, oh, shit. Maybe she's on speakerphone or something like that. Right. I don't see the phone out, but I see <laughs> the pen and pad. And you're looking, like, at the sugar or the pen and pad. And I was like, I'm just going to leave her alone. <laughs> she needs a moment. Yeah, this conversation has nothing to do with me at <laughs> You know, originally I was like, oh, she's just not going to call me an asshole and an idiot and think I'm not going to say nothing to her. You know, let me go over here and make sure that she is talking to me. Let me get some some more information. And when I go over there, you know, over to talking to the sugars, and then, like, you pull your hair back, and then you you came out. You, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I just had a moment. She said, take all the time you need. I'll close the door. I'll lock <laughs> you here. You know? And I'm gonna go back in my office and everything will be okay. But yeah, that's when I knew that you guys were, like you guys were doing a lot. It was, I mean, yeah, that, ugh, that place. <laughs> Won't mention names, but no, that no place. I, I could not wait to get out of there. Um, yeah, there was so much had happened, uh, I think. I want to say probably right before you came in or like from the time that you had come in, like the entire dynamic of me working in that kitchen had completely shifted. And it was a, it was very, very stressful on top of the regular stress that was there. But around that time, like me working in that place um, is kind of, uh, the the years that I started putting in a lot of my own self-work and I was having like, I had started doing yoga. Um, Lisa had introduced me to yoga and a lot of emotional stuff was coming up for me. And as I, I was having like huge, huge uh, emotional mood swings. And I would be like super happy and then crazy pissed off and like everything in between. And true. yes, <laughs> yes. It's not like I was able to hide it. <laughs> and as I kind of started to explore that more, I kind of started to discover that it was, um, I wasn't clinically depressed. And as over the decade, I've continued my work and um, I wouldn't have put myself as clinically depressed, but I definitely had like strong depressive symptoms and being a little bit more manic like that was one of them. And so I was just starting to learn about what was going on with me and diving into personal work to be able to Cause I was like, I don't, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Like it's, it doesn't feel good feeling like this. So the time that I met you, there was definitely a lot of inner turmoil going on. Okay. So it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I was yelling at a bag of sugar. Yeah. I was like, Oh shit. 
is this what this is going to be like every now and again? People are going to come in here and they're going to cuss out a bag of rice and a bag of sugar, you know? Um, and let me say this so you don't feel like weird or awkward. It's not just you. I've oh. walked into coolers or freezers mm -hmm. and seen people yelling at the top of their lungs about everything else. So you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. While you were there and after you left, mm -hmm. uh, there would be people who would literally go in there and say, hey, can I go vent? Fine. Enjoy yourself. Just, just don't say it to me because I'm going right. to feel a different yeah. way about a lot of that stuff you're going to say. So yeah. they would go into the coolers, to the freezers and... Uh, they would cuss out the air and everything else mm -hmm. that they could cuss out. So you're not the only one. But yeah. I understand when you're doing that job and you're working in that field, the lack of uh, access to certain things that you need. Uh, and then on, on top of that, certain, sometimes personal things may be involved where yeah. they come into play and you may drag them into the work life. Um, me personally, people always ask, why was I so calm? I'll let everybody know. I was working out. So when yeah. I would leave work or before I came to work, I had got all the toxins and the sweat and the anger and all that stuff had already been worked out. So by the time I got to work, it was like, you can say whatever you want, unless someone crosses the threshold and my life right. is in danger, I don't care. I just yeah. don't. Yeah. I don't care. Like I'm here to do my job. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And if I can't do that, then I just have to tough it out and figure out different ways to maneuver. And working that job taught me that. I already had hustle. Yeah. I already had a sense of urgency. But that job taught me ingenuity and how to step up to a different level to uh, figure things out, right? Yeah. So I, it, it showed me that. And from that, I just took it and I just use it in regular regular life. Cause at one point I would just shut it off, Jen. Like I, I'm dead serious. I, I would work. And once I leave work, I would go do the youth program and music and I would just shut that off. And I would think of, I wouldn't think nothing about it. And I started looking at it. And I was like, wait, some of this stuff is actually um, conducive or feasible to my actual living the way I actually live my life. Let me use some of this stuff to uh, better myself or better the things around me or my family or things like that. And it worked, but I understand the frustration. i really do. Yeah. Because some of the people that we work with didn't really make it easier for us. But when you understand their position, it wasn't easy for them. Like they were doing what they could do with what they yeah. were handed. So it was uh, I mean, it's never easy for anybody. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, there's just and it's in most fields where it's like, you know, it's it's the chain reaction of, OK, my boss is an asshole making my job really difficult. So I'm going to be an asshole and make your job really difficult. And then whether they're conscious of it or not, like that's just what happens. And then when you get to the bottom, which is the cooks and the chefs and everyone, you know, there's just like, it's just a snowball effect. Yeah, it is. Cause I know the guys, uh, salute to the people who are like stewardess and you guys got a fucking hard fucking job, man, because yeah. it's a lot that goes into that and trying to help them or like, being able to service them is it was a pain in itself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so from watching you scream at the sugar to watching other people scream at milk, um, mm -hmm. 
and icicles and whatever else they would they would talk to. <laughs> um, and let me say this too: uh, some of us, some of those people, I, I ended up building good relationships with because we would go have drinks outside of work, and they would just tell yeah. me their frustrations. But also, the the better part about it was that camaraderie allowed me to be able to uh, service their department a lot better because they would tell yeah. me what they actually needed. Yeah. Right. But the other part was my frustration. Right. So you need that. But this is how it happens for me. Right. You want that. OK, cool. You got to let me know ahead of time. Yeah. To make sure these things are because we're doing inventory. I'm doing inventory all day, every day. You have to let yeah. me know ahead of time. And then if they don't know that they need it, then as well, at least if you know that this is something that's going to be on a menu, let me know ahead of time anyway, so I can make sure that you have access to it. But yeah, uh, being able to talk to people outside of work, like go and get drinks or some of us hung out and went to like clubs and stuff like that. Like I didn't mind that because it allowed us to be able to build better relationships and establish better bonds with each other. So the work was done a little bit better, which I didn't mind. Yeah. Um, and it stopped certain people from talking to bags of salt and peanut <laughs> butter a lot more. So, yeah. um, I mean, one, what, I mean, I, I have a lot of really good takeaways from working in the industry for 13 years and if there's anything that one of the very important lessons I learned is that there's never enough communication between whoever it is. So, you know, I always err on the side of over communicating at this point rather than having less communication. Yeah. Uh, I think communication is the key to anything, any relationship, fellowship, any ship. Damn it. Any ship like it, it has to be there because if you don't have it, things are going to just be tossed by the wayside and people are going to yeah. forget to go, oh, no, I didn't know. And that's yeah. not necessarily the case. It's just the fact that you may have known but, uh, or you didn't know and just someone just didn't communicate it to you properly. Right. So that was one of the bigger things working in that position when we were servicing everybody else was the actual communication. Yeah. A lot of stuff got blamed on me. Um, which I didn't mind because I had all the evidence or I didn't have any evidence. Like, it was right. like, like what, what email did you send? Who did you talk yeah. to? Who did you say anything yeah. to? And part of that is you can't tell me, Hey, I need you to order this without putting it in the email because the whole thing was, there has to be proof of it. Right. And I told people all the time, don't do that. Like actually email me phones made yeah. us a lot phones made communication a lot easier for everybody with yeah. emails and everything and text messages so you could email me and say hey make sure that you get this and we need this 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 and this and this and when they didn't do it or they did it the morning of the day that they need it and it was like four o'clock in the morning i'm not even awake or i'm just yeah. going to sleep because i was just hanging out with some of the people that works in your department <laughs> so you know uh like you can't do that. Like you gotta let me know in a, in a reasonable, reasonable amount of time. So um, I, do, I definitely do understand the frustration that you guys had as well as other people had, man. It was just, to me, it was just kind of like, it bothered me because I couldn't do anything about it. You know, yeah. especially when it's like on the side of people working very, very hard for 12 to 16 yeah. hours and, and, and not being appreciated or not having the correct stuff that they need. 
Right. So I, I definitely understand that frustration. Um, and I salute anybody doing that. Make sure that you take care of yourself. Yeah. So uh, self, self-awareness and, health and, and your own health is more in, important than any job can ever bring you because they're not going to bring anything else but the stuff that you're getting. So yeah. make sure that you're taking care of your own health because health is wealth. So Yeah, true. Salute to that. Yep. All right. So where are you now? Uh, do you have a website? Are you doing any cooking or any shows or so I will do so right now I am in school to get my doctorate of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Okay. Um, so I hopefully in theory should be done in about a year and a half. Say that again. I didn't hear it. Um, I should be done in about like a year and a half. Okay. Um, granted all my exams and everything go well. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've been doing that for the last three years, uh, working towards that. Uh, I work part-time at Whole Foods in Park Ridge. Um, that's kind of what where I am now. That's what I'm doing. Are you um, still big into yoga? Um, no, that's that ended so i don't know if you saw but that pretty much ended when my partner before had gotten sick and i pretty much kind of left other than school and work my i pretty much left like my entire life to help him okay yeah okay i so i I'm on there, but I'm really not on there. Like I'm on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you see me posting, people, oh, I saw you post something. You saw me post. I'm not like scrolling for. Right, you're, <laughs> you're not trolling everyone. Yeah. yeah, like people don't understand that those apps are built to take your attention. Like that's why they're yeah. there. Like it's all yeah. about, about consumerism. So right. for me, I'll post something or I'll look, and in the first couple seconds, if I don't see anything that's. Yeah inspirational, funny, or anything else, I get off. I get yeah. off very quickly. And it, yeah. even the times when I am on there, it's probably a video that's capturing my attention. Mm -hmm. You know, but even then, I, I'll still like, okay, that's one video. I'm not going to allow myself to sit there and right. let my brain be sucked into this to this device. But uh, yeah, I, I is maybe I missed it because I, I, I don't really be on, I really don't be on there like that, paying attention to everything. Yeah. I, I'll get on there. I'll, I'll I'll say thumbs up to something or yeah. is, is, is doing something well. Like that, that's, that's ma mainly it. Yeah. Or I'll go on like messenger and bother people, you know, and, um, yeah. Hey, what's going on? Or your team sucks. Stuff like that. You know? <laughs> right. I'm doing football season right now. You know, Hey, the okay, Bears yeah. uh, continuously, like, I'm not surprised. And I'll do that. <laughs> and they'll be like, fuck you. And, and they'll be like, Oh, yeah. I saw you, you were on Facebook messenger. Yes, I was, but it was, to bother the normal people that I bother. Like I'm, right. not, I'm not on there, like waiting for you to have a conversation with me. So. Right. Yeah. 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 So, okay. um, yeah, I think I had got inspired and I don't say that too. I got inspired to do yoga because of you, because you were posting it from time to time. Um, and I wasn't, I don't think I was working out at the time or the work yeah. that I was doing wasn't really, helping me and I was like oh I guess I'll do yoga she makes it seem like it's so fucking easy maybe I should just do this shit <laughs> and then I realized like oh no it's not 
It's not it's easy. not easy. And no, I'm for like sure. break, pull, or injure myself trying to do this stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was crazy passionate about yoga. Um, and in my heart, I still am. I just haven't gotten to the point of number one, having the time or the motivation to get back to it. Uh, but the, the yoga that I started out with the hot yoga, um, it was definitely kind of cultish now looking back, but I mean, it did, it did help me a lot. And, um, I expanded my, my yoga world after that, where I was doing non-hot yoga and stuff like that. But it was, um, that was kind of like my journey where my journey began with getting interested in like, like actual health and wellness and, you know, self-awareness and stuff like that. Yeah. The hot yoga I'll try, I'll revisit because it made me sweat more than I actually wanted to. And I am naturally a sweaty person. <laughs> I would well, slide. in Chinese medicine, they're not big fans of hot yoga. So <laughs> I, I would slide now, across, now I, would, I wouldn't recommend it for people. <laughs> I would slide across the mat. I was like, this is just, <laughs> this is just not going to work. Yeah. I was just like, I'm trying and I'm slipping. It was like, hold your pose. Like, I can't, like, I'm, they should call me fucking, uh, was it King of Atlantis? Because dripping <laughs> water everywhere and I'm just gonna like I can't I can't do it like I tried it would just it just wasn't working maybe I need like non-slip mats or maybe I should well that's the beauty of it is that there's so many different varieties of yoga I mean you know it doesn't have to be the hot it can there's I wanted to do the hot because I wanted to like <laughs> I wanted something that would the focus but the discipline as well like that's what I feel like I was looking for so yeah trying to focus on not being hot was the thing that I was going for. But the whole time, like I'm like just dripping sweat. Yeah. It's like, if anything, I'm going to look like a crackhead by the time I leave out of here because I'm going <laughs> to lose weight. Well, here's an insider tip. Every single yoga class has a frustration. So there's always going to be something to focus on. <laughs> well, well, I, I noticed that from watching other people. I was like, oh, I can, oh yeah, everybody. Okay, cool. But it was just the fact that they were like, hold the pose. And I was like, I can't hold anything with this sweat dripping <laughs> off me like this, man. My hands would be sweating. The, the yeah. buckles, like everything. I was just, I can't, I can't do this. Like, you guys can have this class. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> I had to throw everything out because everything was just so wet all the damn time. I was like, mm -hmm. I, I can't do this. I just can't. So um, I'll revisit yoga. Maybe not the hot yoga. Was it Bikrit? Bikrit? Bikram, yeah. Bikram, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll do it another time. Um, I'll give him any more money anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe when I have my sweat glands removed or something. Like that. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't working for me, man. I was trying. I was like, yeah, let's, let's do that. Something that'll take our attention. And we'll focus on this. And It's not for everyone. I will say that. It's not for everyone. My body was just like, dude, we are going to sweat through everything. <laughs> everything, so... Yeah, and then my sister, she made fun of me. My little sister, she was just like, you're already a sweaty person. Like, you come from a sweaty group of people, and you're going to go up in there and sweat up everything. Like, you're going <laughs> to cause a flood. Like, you can't, you shouldn't be in there with those people. Like, it's going to be swimming class by the time you leave. So <laughs> She made jokes. And I was like, you know what? You're probably right. I'll figure out something else. So I left that alone. 
So yeah. I have you, did you ever think about starting your own bakery or anything like that? I did. Um, I thought about it. I actually took um, like a one or two day business course on how to write a business plan and stuff. Um, I kind of started looking for equipment and everything. And the more I got into it, it was, I know so many stories of people who tried it and it didn't work where, you know, they were just wait, waiting forever to make money. And that's not what I wanted. So I was like, you know what? I want to be able to make a living. I want to be able to, you know, have insurance and, you know, be able to walk away from it and stuff like that and yeah. have a life other than doing this 16 hours a day, every single day and wearing all the hats. Yeah. So I just kind of squashed the idea and then kind of never really looked back. I'm like, I'll do it on the side. Yeah, I know you made, was it made, you made muffins for me one time. Oh man, I don't remember any of this. Yeah, I can't remember. And I was like, it felt like a drug deal. Well, I mean, it is sugar, so I mean, yeah. it kind of <laughs> is. Because I had to meet you to pick it up. And I was, I was waiting on you and then you, you pulled up and I gave you the money and you gave me the bag. And I was like, this is like a drug deal, man. I forgot it was yeah. blueberry something that you had made. It was a bunch of um, muffins or something. Oh man, I like very vaguely remember that. Yeah, it was, uh, I, was doing a, I was doing a, I was doing a youth program at the time. Oh, okay. Um, and I think you made like a dozen. Okay. I can't remember everything about it, but I was laughing and you were laughing at me. And I was like, roll down the window. You're like, get in the car. I was like, I don't want to get in the car. And it was like a whole conversation about it. And we were going back and forth. I was like, give me my, give me my goods, drug dealer. And like, we were just like arguing on the side street, like downtown. <laughs> uh, like on, off of Michigan Avenue. I mean, we just arguing. You said, like, get in the car, damn it. And I was just like, all right, cool. I'm not going to sit here and argue with any woman. So I got or whatever, um, but they were very good. They were very good. Um, and you had before then. You had asked me, did I want them sweet, real sweet? And I was like, no, I'll just make it, make it how you would normally make it or whatever. Oh, okay. They were good. Um, I think I ended up taking one box by myself. And <laughs> I did. I did. Like I had them sitting at home, and I would eat them. People would come out. Oh, these are good. I was like, yeah. Um, I'll let you know who, who made them for me, such and such, such, but that never materialized, but I did get the rest and let the kids, uh, sell. I think they sold them or whatever it was. So, oh, okay. Yeah. It was for them, like, to, some of them wanted to go into their own business, so we, we got with someone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so we were trying to teach, so the whole point was to teach, uh, entrepreneurship, right? Get them mm -hmm. into the realm of where they could, uh, have a product and they could sell it, you know, or if they had their own product they could sell it as well. So we were just trying to teach them that. And that also was to help um, uh, the, the, the program that I was working for or helping, assisting. I forgot what we were trying to raise. I think it was um, book bags. We were trying to do like a book bag drive. So okay, cool. Yeah, so they sold all those for like book bags and pencils, pens and everything like that. Like that. So yeah, blah, blah, blah. But it was it was it was for a good cause. I just I remember these things, and you don't remember them at all. That's horrible, Jen. Yeah, my memory's not. There's some things that just stick, and then just there's 
just some things that just like slid right out. <laughs> shame, shame, shame. Yeah, I remember. I remember that stuff. Um, yeah. There was a young lady that you worked with. I can't remember her name. She was pretty cool too. I don't. I, I don't remember her name. But she was pretty fucking cool. She was so sweet. I don't remember her name though. Mm. Redhead. Redhead. No, no, no. I think like blonde. It's kind of. Oh. Ch- yeah. You don't remember either, do you? No, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> she didn't stay sweet. She wasn't as sweet as she came off. No. no. You know what I'm talking about, though. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we will we, we'll, we'll move on past that then. <laughs> we'll move on past that all right yeah. so you uh earlier you said you had watched one of the videos before with stephanie it was um it was just the audio okay is it played it in spotify i think so awesome. it, yeah thank you yeah what did you think uh it was cool i mean it was I mean, it is interesting to kind of hear, you know, people in their backgrounds and like what they're doing and, um, you know, different resources and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that for me, that's the whole purpose of it is to actually give a background of where people come from, their purpose, their drive, the things that motivate them, Yeah. Uh, what got them to where they are, whether it was heartbreak or just being tired of doing the same old routine. Uh, yeah. On the wheel continuously just to, just different motivations from different people are yeah. inspiring to me myself and to just hear them it's, it's just like man like to hear people overcome obstacles and, and be able to push forward yeah do better like I, I love I love hearing those type of stories um, I love a, under, a good underdog story I think most people do but yeah it's just it's being able to it's like knowing people personally like I didn't even know that they were dealing with that yeah. And like during the conversation, I have to pause it. Like, you didn't never tell me that shit, you asshole. Like, I have yeah. to, like, we have to sit there and I have to pause the video at some point because they had to tell me about these things. Yeah. And it's like, why didn't you never tell? And it's like, because I didn't know how to tell anybody. I was embarrassed or whatever it may be. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely took the aspect or the, the viewpoint of, you know, when I started working on like my own, you know, depression or depressive symptoms and stuff like that, um, you know, I, in doing yoga, at least at the time, it opened up a whole world of people who were willing to help and resources and stuff like that. And had I not entered that world, I don't think I would have ever had that. And so, um, you know, if you ever look at my Facebook or my Instagram, um, I pretty much kind of use it as my blog. Um, so I'd say unless it's like personal family stuff, um, stuff that I go through is pretty much all on social media. And I took the standpoint of if my story helps somebody or I can help give a resource to somebody of, um, you know, being in the culinary field, being in the health field, being a widow. I mean, there's, if my story can help one person, then 
I've fulfilled a purpose Yeah. because those are things that are not, especially the last, like making, making that huge career jump and changing fields and deciding to go back to school at 32. I mean, it was not 31, 32 was not an easy decision by any means. And people kind of think that it's, you know, if you're in your like mid thirties, you're, it's too late to make a change and it's never too late to do something that you love doing or, you know, it's like, why stay miserable? Just money's not everything. And that's, that was my viewpoint before was I need to make money. I need to make as much money as I can. And now I'm like, I just want to live comfortably. You know, I just want to be able to afford somewhere to live, take vacations and, take care of as many dogs as I possibly can. That's, you know, that's what I want now. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, I think I, I kind of fit into the same mold, but with, with dealing with the, the young, the youth, um, there's, I think there comes a point when I'm dealing with them that they think that I've been 30 or 40 years old all my life. And I have to break that down to them. Like, I was you before you got to where you are. Yeah. So there's an explanation to it. And it's just like, hey, I haven't been this old my whole fucking life. Like, yeah. I was you guys. Like, stop looking at me as an adult, just like an adult. Like, I had to go through some of the same things that you you guys went through. Um, yeah. And that's a circle of life. And they'll they'll see it when they're, oh, yeah, they're going to be saying the same thing. I told them, I was like, hey. <laughs> I'm telling you what I know now so you can yeah. avoid a lot of this stuff later on. Um, figure out what it is, it is you want to do and work on it over and over and over and over again until, you, until you're tired. And then when you're tired, just take a break and then continue to do yeah. it because it doesn't stop. Like yeah. Figure out what it is you love or what you want to do and you just do it over and over again. Uh, yeah. Don't make it necessarily about money. But right. Make sure it's something that you're comfortable doing. Um, but I also found out that they think that well, what was the young man? He was telling me, I forgot what he was saying, but he was telling me that my life, like I wouldn't understand his life. And I asked him, I was like, well, what, what about your life wouldn't I understand? Mm-hmm. Like, Cause you never been my age before. I was, I was <laughs> like, and I just told him, I was like, we're going to talk later on when everybody else leaves dumbass. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Right, right, right. But yeah. when, he, when everyone left, I asked him, I said, come here, like, let's have a conversation. And it wasn't just me. It was him, his cousin, and one of his friends. And we all sat in a room, and we had an open and honest conversation, at least from my end. I told them a lot yeah. more than they actually knew. Yeah. And I think from that, the motivation that that kid had to this point in life, because last time I saw him, he was doing well. Yeah. Um, but I let them know some stuff about me. You know, like I come from the South side or the East side of Chicago. Um, nothing was ever handed to me. I didn't get this far in life by being nice to people. Um, and there are certain things in life that you, you will have to do to make sure that you make it. Sometimes it's not the best role, but um, I was told by a, a older person, I will shovel shit if I have to, to make a living. You know, you do what you need to. Yeah. And he and one time he told me I will shovel shit. 
underwater if I have to. You know? <laughs> but it told it told me the level of grind and focus that this person told had in themselves to make sure that they made a living. And it also let me know that they weren't, there were certain things that they were above doing. So yeah. I had to impart what I was told and how I got to where I was. So I'm not necessarily saying that I will shovel shit underwater. Underwater. Yeah, I'm not saying that, <laughs> but I do get it. Like I understand that totally. Yeah. Um, and from that, this that group of young men are doing very well. Good. I think it's just a lesson of letting them know and being just just being vulnerable for me. Hey, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Yeah. Um, I did not have both parents in my life. My mom worked her ass off all the fucking time. Anywhere we were, most likely we probably weren't wanted or, or, or people didn't, you know. So it was just like a, a whole bunch of stuff that I had to let them know. Um, right. I, I've dealt with a lot. You know, my mother's car, I don't know if you know this, but my mother's car blew up in her face. She had third and fourth degree burns. Like I've dealt with so much crazy shit um, to the point where when people are like, they don't understand the passion for life that I have. Like, so, so for me, boxing and everything, being fighting was the escape for me. Like, yeah. I, I, it was my release. Like, I got away from everything because all the anger and pent up aggression that I had, I got to go somewhere and let it go. Yeah. And explaining that to, to, to these three young men uh, and, and being able to have an open and honest conversation with them, I think it let them, it gave them some some solace and some peace that I was I was more relatable to them than they actually thought. Like I wasn't this adult who was living this fantastic life, who stayed right, in the right. park and, oh, life is good and I walk on clouds and everything yeah. like that. Like, no, like none of this, none of this, that's bullshit. Like, that's the perception that you have. And it's a false narrative. And I had to tell them that, like, I go through things every day. And I said, sometimes there are days where I don't want to do any of this shit. Yeah. But I still get up and I do it because of the routine of making yeah. sure at least that I'm inspiring, inspiring the young, the young men and women and that I'm, I'm making a difference. And from that conversation, um, I think that I got them to, to where they wanted to go because from what I saw and heard recently, they're doing very well. All three of them. Good. All three of them. Um, and salute to Nate and everybody. I shouldn't even say his name, but the young men who are in the NBA, NFL, um, I love you guys, man. So, and they know yeah. that. They know that. Yeah. But I think it's just a conversation that needs to be had. Um, and I mean, and having more healthy coping mechanisms. I mean, you need, how common is it for someone to say, you know, oh, I've had a hard week, I'm gonna go get drunk this weekend. Or, uh, you know, it's been a while, I'm gonna go get laid. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, being real, you know, it's like, oh, I need that outlet. And it's like, there are other things, there are other things that people can do. Like you found boxing, you know, I had yoga and now I've kind of reverted back to sugar, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, there's, <laughs> we're working on it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's so many other things available and they don't have to be destructive coping mechanisms. Yeah. And that's, and I think, you know, especially, you know, with you, it's amazing that you're working with kids and getting them young and 
you know, they're still flexible. They're still willing to learn and uh, just at least planting the seed, be like, you know what, you may not get it now, but maybe you'll remember this one day and yeah. you'll adjust things. Like you'll think about, oh, you know, maybe there's a different way to do this. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's certain things that I learned from being around kids, uh, whether they're five years old, six years old, seven or eight, or whether they're like 15, 16. Um, there's always a spark. You, at least for me, I can see in their eyes that lets me know that they're picking up what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and when they do it, there's usually a, a repetition or a habit that they have of talking to me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you get it. For me, and it's like, oh, this one gets it. Yeah. It, oh, okay. So it could be like 100 kids, Jen. It could be 100 kids, and I, I'll know out of the, all of the 100, I'll know five of them got it because there's a certain yeah. conversation that they have with me. Yeah. They talk to me a certain way after I tell them certain stuff. And even with the three young men I was talking about earlier or just a few minutes ago, having that conversation with them, they start asking me certain things. Yeah. It's like, oh, they get it. And when they were asking me about it, and recently when they got in contact with me, they said, why did you tell us that? And I said, because I had to tell you the same things that no one told me. Yeah. Um, I don't know what she's talking about, you know. <laughs> she just comes home whenever she wants to, man. Like, But I had to tell them the same things that no one told me yeah. that would inspire them and that will push them to the next level. And even though I'm telling it to the whole hundred, I do have an understanding that everyone, everyone in the group can't hear it right they heard it and i knew yeah. they heard it so out of that five that five went and told someone else and out of the people that they told some of them will come back and talk to me and yeah. i would be able to t if i told it to them i could could they hear it i don't know maybe but the yeah. ones that did they would come back and they would sit around me and they would ask me other questions hey how do i do this or how do i do that and it became more relatable they yeah. became more relatable to me. Like, like, and it was one of the coolest things to me. It's like, oh, they, they get it. Like, okay, cool. Let me make sure I, I keep doing what I'm doing and keep explaining it the way I'm explaining it because certain ones get it and certain ones don't. Yeah. And when they asked me recently, they was like, what, why did you do that? I said, because I have to give you the information that wasn't imparted to me. Right. I have to give you the message or I have to give you the spark to wake you up. To, yeah. to make you inspired, to make you motivated to do what, what it takes to get you to the next level. And yeah. I understand that everybody can't get it because everybody's not going to get it. But the ones that do get it, that's that's the mission. Yeah. For those who can get it, like you get it, and then we, we move on from there. Um, yeah. And that, that was one of the things that found me peace. As far as getting laid, it's very hard during COVID. I don't... I, I don't you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> but there are still people out there doing it. <laughs> it's a struggle, man. I don't say that. <laughs> this is different. I, I didn't expect this, you know? Um, yeah, no one did. That's right. As, sure. as, <laughs> yeah, as a bachelor, you know, I, I, you know, nice place, take care of myself and everything like that. But you just go, ah, I'm cold. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. Keep it virtual for now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Pornhub. <laughs> yep. 
a few sites out there. It's just, it's just weird right now. Even when I'm like, I'm walking down the street and people are, you know, I'm talking to people and engaging. It's just, it's not the same. No. It's not the same because I'm a, of a person that's big on cleanliness. And yeah. I'm freaked out by all this right now, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going into healthcare, I mean, it's, it's definitely scary from the healthcare side. And um, I, I, I'm definitely much more of like a natural medicine person, obviously going into acupuncture. Um, but, you know, Western medicine has its place as well. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I could talk forever about healthcare, especially in this country, but uh, that's, especially with COVID, um, you know, I, anybody that I ever talked to, you know, I'm a big promoter of traditional Chinese medicine and using herbology and herbal prescriptions to use for viruses or immunity or, you know, whatever it is that everyone's got something going on. Uh -huh. uh, and it's an avenue that I'm hoping that people look into more and more as an alternative or to use in conjunction with Western medicine in order to battle something like this. Yes. Because, because that's how they treat it in China and they have success with it in China. So yeah, a lot of your actual medicines and cures and remedies early on and still to this day came from plants and herbs. Yeah. Could you believe that? Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, medicine didn't, suddenly come in when they were able to make like little pills, you know, it was. What, are you serious? <laughs> that actually happened? <laughs> you know, it's been around for, you know, four or 5,000 years, it's. Or more? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been around, it works. It's yeah, been refined right. nowadays and. I saw a, um, I think it was last year, the year before last, they found a mummy that had been wrapped in hemp and preserved very well. Yeah. It's like 9,000 years old. Imagine that. Yeah, something lasted that long. Something lasted that long using hemp. Right. Who would yeah. believe that? I know I would, <laughs> but you know. Um, so let me say this. I come from a family that's, that's very big on nutrition. Well, not, I shouldn't say nutrition, but health. They're very yeah. big on health. Maybe that is nutrition. I don't know. Um, Plays a big role. Yes, it does. Um, and they're very big on making sure that if you get sick, you try certain herbs and minerals yeah. and you do certain things to help your body out before you go to a doctor. Unless you're just like dying and you're, you're about to kill over or something. But right. they have always been very big on that. When I would be sick as a kid, they would do, they would have home remedies and old ancient, I call mm -hmm. them ancient because they've been passed around from grandmother to grand, 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 grand right, yeah. all the way yeah. down to them. And the stuff works. Yeah. I'll say that. Um, the times it didn't work, I was introduced to Western medicine and I yeah. would be high as shit um, going to school. And I'm, you know, and my little sister, she can attest to this. We would be so fucking high going to school yeah. when they would use Western <laughs> medicine. But when they would use like um, 
herbs and minerals and things like that. Like it, the process of it might have been different, but we got the result that we were looking for. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, it definitely, my family definitely knows how to treat a fever and treat a cold and stuff like that. And, and they'll tell you how to do it. Yeah. They will tell you how to do it. Uh uh, don't do that. Don't do that. You need right. this, this, and this. Go get this. Go get this. You need to heat this. You need to boil this. They'll tell you what to do. Yeah. But it's on you to do it. Um, so I definitely believe in herbology and natural medicines. I believe in that to the utmost. Um, but mm-hmm. also I believe in taking vitamins and, and putting certain things into your body to make sure that your immune system is strong as well. Right. I think that you can avoid a lot of uh, the sicknesses that we deal with in a daily life just by doing that. And health, right? Uh, I shouldn't say health. Exercise. Exercise yeah. helps a lot too. Um, keeping the body functional keep it keep it moving keep it um, um active yeah that definitely helps as well so yeah, yeah i'm it's, big on that um i told my auntie earlier everything that's going on mm-hmm. and she just blew it off like yeah you got your vitamins i was like yeah she was like uh, okay i'll pray for you other than that anything else anybody pregnant i'm like no she was like all right bye. <laughs> i'm like what she was like I, I got stuff to do uh boy i ain't trying to be on the phone with you yeah. I was like, but I, I just mean, told you what's, what's going on. She was like, oh, yeah, you, you are right. You you healthy. You a health nut. I'm not worried about it. I mean, there's definitely, a, I mean, of course, we're all trying to like navigate this pandemic as best we can because, you know, the last time we've been through this was 1918. And, um, you know, there's certain things where, you know, I I believe that, you know, it's it's kind of a, there's like an effect, like if you stress about things and you're really, you get really obsessive about something, you know, your cortisol level is gonna go up and your body is gonna have a lowered immune system. And so it's kind of like, you have to find that happy medium of taking proper precautions of going through everything and doing what you're supposed to, to to do what you can to avoid either getting it yourself or transmitting it to somebody else. But, not being so obsessed about it where, and that's for like a normal healthy person and, you know, starting to diminish that effect of the precautions that you're taking. You know, if you're, if you, if you're somebody who's immunocompromised or have any of the comorbidities, then that's a little bit of a different situation, but, you know, I mean, we're all just trying to make it through this thing as best we can. So, I mean, I, I worry about it, but I personally am not super stressed about it because I take precautions. Yeah. But um, I know that's not everybody's situation. I am not worried at all. Um, and the reason why I'm triple not worried is because even when I told my sister and my cousins on the phone, no one seems to care. They were just they just made jokes about it. Like, oh, okay, snotty nose, booger lips, like that's what you get, you know. So. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll be okay. <laughs> like, it's just like, hey, I think, so this is what I, my personal take on it. We've dealt with so much shit this entire year that me having me, the, the potential fact that this may actually happen is kind of like the least thing for them to worry about. Um, yeah. The, the conversation was, are you dying? You dead yet? I was like, no, like, I just have to go 
because someone else got tested, so I'm going to go get tested. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. You ain't dead then, motherfucker. We don't really care. Like, yeah. you, you texting us, that lets us know that you're all right. So, me personally, like, I'm not I'm not too worried or anything about, about it. Yeah. I've been negative this whole fucking time. It's just the fact that I had to go get tested. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. I've been tested four times during this. Really? So, yeah. Either because I was going to go see like one of my baby nephews or um, because I knew somebody or I couldn't tell if it was allergies or COVID or, <laughs> you know, their potential exposure, you know? Yeah. I've been tested for four different times so far and they've all been negative. So I love food. And they said one of the symptoms was you would lose your taste of smell. Yeah. Yeah, if you taste, lose your taste, taste or smell, for yeah. sure, like you got it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, let's find out. And you know, I haven't lost yeah. it, so I was like, oh well, food it is then. Like we're gonna keep on rocking out, and life yeah. is good. So we'll see what happens in the future, um, in days after this. Yeah. No, no sweat off my back. My listen, I have a very strong family background, and they are very supportive of each other. Um, and yeah. I love that. I, I love that so much. So the fact that they just blew it off, like, oh, yeah, we're going to be praying for you. But, you know, that's what you get, asshole. You know, and just making jokes yeah. about it. It's just yeah. it's like, all right, cool. So I'm the only one. Like, no one cares. If, they say, well, you're not worried about that. We're going to pray about it. And we're going to keep on moving. Like, right now, we're just going to talk about you because we don't, you know, this is the, yeah. for them, they're like, this is the easiest thing to deal with. So, yeah. We just move on forward from that. I was like, all right, cool. Um, if you guys aren't worried, I'm not okay. worried. Don't worry about it till you have to worry about it. Yeah, we got and and to be honest, with everything that that has been going on this year, I can totally understand why, you know, this would be like the least of anybody's fucking worries with everything that we've had to deal with. Yeah. Um yeah, I can definitely understand that. Um I ain't gonna talk too much, but there's somebody out there I really wanna. <laughs> when I catch you, buddy, we are gonna have one of the, uh, an awesome talk. We're gonna have an awesome talk. Just wait. <laughs> Can't wait to see you. Um, <laughs> yeah, life is good though. Um, I don't know what else. I, I had another question I wanted to ask you. Um, I don't remember what it was because I got off track. I got sidetracked. <laughs> Sorry. Um, do you work out at all? No, I need to. Yeah, what? Um, yeah, I mean, being a full-time grad student and working part-time. And I mean, it's just, there's not a whole lot of. Full-time grad student and you work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, I'm finally at a point right now in my life that I'm just getting back into what interests me. I kind of had to rebuild my life after I lost my partner last year. And so a year and a half out from that, I'm just starting to get interested in um, 
been me again. And so going from full-time grad student, part-time worker, full-time caregiver to just me has been a big transition. Okay. And uh, doing all of that changes you. And I'm still the same person, but I'm not the same person. Like I, I have to- oh, It's just a different level right now. You yeah. Yeah. I have to I have to get to know myself again and rediscover what makes me happy and the type of person that I want to be and everything like that. Okay. So as a person who dated someone and that person was hit by a car and they died months later, do and I had to deal with that. Do you feel alone like you're just trapped by yourself? Um I did. Hang on one second. Margie. March. Hey, stop. Sorry, my dog. Right. <laughs> um, I did. It, it probably wasn't until... Well, grief comes in waves, right? Grieving is not a linear process. And so I would have moments of okay, yeah, I'm going to go back to my own life. And then I would have moments where I was completely debilitated yeah. and where I was, I would be literally paralyzed in my car or on the, in the hallway, on the floor in my condo where I just couldn't stop sobbing and I couldn't move. And that lasted a while, <laughs> of course. And it really wasn't, and even this year, um, it, it gets a little more infrequent, but, um, and I'm not so paralyzed by it, but that feeling of being weighed down by it um, gets a little bit less as time goes on. I blame myself for it. Even though it had nothing to do with me and I wasn't around when it took place, um, I think because of the relationship at the time that me and her father had, it wasn't the best. It wasn't very healthy. Yeah. He blamed me for it. And in the moment of grief, I took it upon myself. Yeah. And I weighed myself down with it. Um, I became a very bitter and depressed person. Uh, and it sunk me for a very long time until someone pointed out to me that I was depressed because I didn't I didn't understand. Excuse right. me. Um, it was very it was a nice day outside. It was a really nice day. Um, and I was like, man, excuse me, I'm gonna go inside. It's, you know, it looked like it's about to rain. And one of, one of my buddies was outside. He's a little bit older. He's like, man, it's like 80 degrees outside. There's no sun or anything. There's a sun out, but there's no clouds or anything. I was like, man, it looks like it's about to rain. I'm about to leave. And this person took me home. And mm -hmm. in the car, we had a, a very unique conversation. Um, and in that conversation, that was part of the awakening for me that let me know that I was having problems. Mm. Because he said, it's 80 degrees outside. There are no clouds. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Don't want to hang with us. Just say that. Right. And I was like, 
it's 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 about the rain. He's like, no, something is wrong. He's like, is it? And then he figured it out because he had dealt with some of the same grief mm. losing his mom. And we had a very long conversation. Um, I poured my heart out into that conversation and I told him what was going on. And um, things slowly started to get better. But uh, for a while, I was I was in a really bad place. Um, yeah. And I think everyone, not everyone, but I think certain individuals on this earth, they go through that. I'm not sure if it makes you a stronger person or a more resilient person, but it does something different to you when you have to deal with loss, especially when you love someone so much. Yeah. And I, I really, really love that person. You know, like yeah. I would give anything in the world for that person to, to be ha happy, you know, while they were here. And then almost to the point where it's like, hey, I'll give up my life if they could come back. You're like, I don't even have to be here. Like, but for them to be here, you know, like I would, I would rather it be them here than me, you know. Yeah. But, um, I definitely understand the grief part of it because it, for me, it was just off and on. Like, it was like a roller coaster ride. Like, it would hit you, then it would go away. Then it would hit you, then it would go away. Then I'm like, okay, yeah, I had 60 straight days and I'm okay. Like, like you think you're clear. Yeah. Come <laughs> on, man. Like, ah, man. You know what I mean? Like where's yeah. the Kleenex, the towels and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Trying to do things to cover it up. Um, and, and I was really in a bad, I was in a bad place. So I, I understand. And it's not to sit here and soak or loathe or anything like that, but I do understand. Uh, yeah. It can be difficult. But I think uh, for me, one of the things that helped for me was being active and yeah. then just honestly speaking my truth about it, um, not just to that person who brought it out of me, but speaking it to other people just in conversation when they just ask, or I just openly tell them about it, you know? Um, yeah. It just kind of released me from all the hurt and the pain and the anger of, of having that person and then losing them and everything like that, so. Yeah. Um, and I mean, most people saw my slash his journey because I was posting about it you know online and um it, it for me uh like being active afterwards like I needed something to do because going from pretty much 24-hour caregiver to not having that person to care for anymore um you know I needed something and so I was still, you know, I would, I took a few weeks at least off of work, um, off of school. But, you know, I still cooked meals and stuff for his kids because I had moved in with him to take care of him. And, you know, I just needed that something to keep me going. But for me personally, like my body, it was like, okay, like, you can finally rest now. Like you did this for a year and a half. You've been going nonstop, like rest. Yeah. And so, and I'm still going through that where, you know, I need rest, but at the same time, I have to keep going for, for me, for him. I mean, for so many other reasons, like I have to keep going with things. So now it's more about finding that balance. And I still have breakdowns. I mean, I still have when I, you know, if something's not working out or if I need engineering things, like 
you know, something's breaking and I don't know how to fix it. You know, I'm cursing him and I'm like, you know, fuck you for leaving. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I still talk to him all the time, but um, in that part, I don't think will ever go away. Nope. No. Nope. Like, I'm still like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I love you, but you son of a bitch. <laughs> it is not going to go away. It, no. it, it just It just becomes easier to cope with as you go. Yes. Yeah. 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 You, I mean, it's. For me, I'll have like a conversation with myself or with the wind and. Yeah. Someone will be looking like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? And it's like, oh, you have no idea. But you know, it, it, it right, happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And other people who had lost, I mean, and we weren't married, but we, we were on that level. It was pretty much just kind of like a piece of paper for us. And a big reason why we didn't end up getting married was because he, ended up deteriorating more than getting better, like we were hoping. So um, so I always thought of him as my husband and he thought of me of his, as his wife and everything like that. And so I talked to other widows and people who had lost spouses or spouse-like partners. And they're like, you know what? 20 years down the road, you're still gonna get something that triggers you and you're going to fall apart. Yeah. But you're able to move on past it. And, you know, going through everything, um, I've definitely learned a different type of resiliency about myself. You know, I was always able to be a workhorse, sure. But this is a very different type. Yeah. Um, it's almost like you're trying to create distractions for yourself, at least me i can't speak for anybody else like you're trying to make yeah. up factions of why yeah. i'm gonna go over here and do this and i think someone pointed is like hey you can't continue to clean that any more than it's already clean i was like what are you talking about is that you've been cleaning that for like 10 minutes bro it is it's not gonna get any more clean yeah. and i realized in the moment I was like oh shit he's like okay i was like yeah i just had a moment that's all yeah you want to talk about it I was like nope Nope, don't want to say nothing about it. But I ended up explaining to him what it was. Yeah. But it but it comes and goes. Like you have these moments where um you reflect on certain things. That there's these really happy times. There's, these, there's all these memories that you share with someone. Right. They just they it just arises and like you dedicated so much time to a person and you have so much love for a person that when these things come up, you can't you just really can't help the shit. Like no, you're not supposed to. I yeah. mean, you can't. And that's one of the things also is I, I was very fortunate to find a group of um, acupuncturists and like-minded people on Facebook, you know, before all this happened. Because when we, we ended up going to Ireland um, last year and that's kind of when we really realized that he was really dying and the the chemo had stopped working and we had gone to his nephew's wedding and we both agreed on the decision that we weren't going to tell anybody that the chemo had stopped working because it wasn't because we were leaving less than a week after we found out and so well he was leaving he, I had exams, so he left a week before I, I did. And 
we talked about it and he was really struggling. He's like, I need to tell the kids. And I said, you can, but also do you really feel like it's fair to be like, Hey, the chemo stopped working. I don't know how much time I have. I'm going to Ireland. Cause it was just him and me that were going cause the kids were still in school. So we made the decision to not really tell anybody. And at least at that point until we got back and we didn't expect him to kind of go downhill as quickly as he did when he was in Ireland. He had a great first week, you know, before I got there and everything like that. And then by the time I got there, um, he had ascites. And so he had to go in to get it drained out. And after that, he just kind of ended up staying in the hospital and um, you know, we didn't tell his parents and it was, that was a conscious decision as well. And if anybody from Ireland ends up seeing this, I, I wholeheartedly apologize, but we made the decision to not say anything because he also wanted people to see him and remember him without having the pity, I guess, of knowing that he was dying and making it this super sad, sad trip. Like he wanted to just be able to enjoy, granted, yes, he was sick and very weak and everything. And I was taking care of him while we were there, but he didn't want that holding over everybody. Yeah, no pity party. Like, let you know, let's have like, fun, let's enjoy ourselves. Like, let's exactly. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So we ended up leaving Ireland um, sooner than we expected because the doctor's like, you really, like, if you have the opportunity to go home, like, you really need to get home to Chicago because we don't know if you wait for your normal flight time, if you're going to make it, if you're going to be able to make that flight. So we came back home and two weeks later, he passed. It was... Pretty quick. So from the time that the chemo stopped working to the time that he actually passed was about five and a half to six weeks. So, you know, the group that I had found online. And so I, I felt really alone because I was like, I don't have anybody to talk to about this, you know? Um, and so I found a lot of, a lot of support from the the group that I was a part of, because it was a private group. So I knew I could post in there and other people weren't going to see it. Uh -huh. And that community is really what helped me through until we were able to get home and kind of open up about everything that was going on. Good, good. Because you, you need that. Um, I didn't have it at first because I was fighting the fact that it was going on. All right. Uh, Oh, yeah. I'm strong. I'm huh, huh, huh. I can beat up anybody. Uh, 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 right? Yeah. And you have that one moment where you actually break down. Mm -hmm. and it's not around people that you want to be around when it happens. Yep. And it changes all that shit. You know, and you find out you're not as strong as you really thought. Like everybody needs a moment or moments where they need to just uh, release or let the dam open up the dam, right? And then let the water yeah. flow out. So um, I definitely had quite a few moments like that. The, uh, the brother that was around that helped me out was one of those um, and several other moments that I had. Yeah. And it's needed because you're going to have those moments where you're, you're doing something and, and 
it you just triggered like you just have these yeah. you, know, you could be cooking and having a good time me making salmon earlier and drinking wine and everything and trying to make something for for dinner so anything could trigger it you know what i mean yeah. like it just hits it. you and it comes out of nowhere yeah and know. and the perception about being strong and this is what i learned kind of through the journey of being a caretaker is that strength is not what we think it is. You know, we think strength as, you know, growing up at least, uh, strength is, you know, keeping it together and being able to move forward and not showing your emotions and not breaking down. And it's yeah. like, no, this is the human experience. Yeah. Like lose yeah. someone close to you of like, for me personally, especially in the culture that we live in and the society norms, it, I feel like it takes a much stronger person to be open about what they're going through and be honest about it than somebody who can go through something like that, like a great loss and be like, no, I'm fine. Oh, it's fine. It's okay. I'm okay. Yeah, and just go on as normal. Like it, it's going to catch up with you, whether it's an emotional breakdown or it's um, a disease later on. I'm a firm believer that repressed emotions are a cause for disease uh, in the body. And in some way, it's going to catch up with you. And yeah, it's really uncomfortable to go through. Yeah, very Honestly, like you do feel better afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and to anyone who, who's going through it, t tell somebody because you, you don't want to get to the point where as far as I've seen people, they start drinking or drugging very, yeah. very heavily. Yeah. You don't want to get to that point because once that bottle starts to take over and it eats away at your insides and at your mentality, it is very hard to escape because I've had to be around some people who, who've done it. And it's, it's not, it's, it's very hard to deal with them and the fact that they're dealing with loss and then they have this, uh, was it codependency? Like they're, they're dependent on something else. Right. And it becomes very difficult to deal with them. Um, yeah. So I, I was, like yeah. I was really lucky to already kind of be on the holistic health uh, in that arena. So, you know, I was already getting acupuncture and stuff like that. And, you know, I took a break for a little bit, but you know, the, the day after he died, he died at one 11 in the morning. So I slept. And then that next afternoon, you know, I called my acupuncturist. I'm like, all right, let's, let's start this process. Cause acupuncture really does help open up the pathways in the body for either things to just kind of come through easier, but for things to come through mm -hmm. and um, just having that type of support. And so my acupuncturist was amazing in supporting me through that. And then me using the group, I have used mediums um, to help me through my own process over the last year and a half. Um, and it's been incredibly helpful at least for me, um, no, you're never going to get the answer, you know, why? <laughs> uh, 
the closest thing I've come is, you know, it was his time. And as a partner, I'm like, well, that's bullshit. <laughs> I, I get it, but that. it's bullshit. <laughs> you see you saying that bullshit. I call bullshit. Yep. That's not enough. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Um, but in terms of just kind of bringing me some peace, knowing, you know, he's where he's supposed to be, he's happy, and just kind of hearing his humor come through and, and, knowing that what I feel to be the signs of him is around are the signs of him. So I'm kind of like, all right, like, yeah, he's still here. Like he's gone, but he's definitely still here. Yeah. I, I hear laughter in the wind and other things like that. Um, yeah. Maybe, at least for me, it's very disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. It's it can be very disturbing because sometimes I feel haunted. Yeah. But that's again, that's just my experience. Acupuncture. What made you get into that? Um actually my my chiropractor. Okay. From who is a very dear friend now. Um I was training for a yoga competition and I jammed my sacrum. Um, and he was doing adjustments on me and everything like that. And, um, like nothing was working, like nothing was kind of like releasing the SI joint. And he, he's like, do you want to try acupuncture? And I'm like, I guess like nothing else is working. So why not? And so he put like a few needles in me and after a couple treatments, like I didn't have any issues. I was, I was golden after that. Excuse me. So um, it wasn't something that I continued on with, um, but I, it definitely piqued an interest. And so a long time ago, um, I think probably at the time that I was at the place where we worked together, um, I looked at going to acupuncture school because I didn't realize that it was such an ordeal. <laughs> I didn't realize that you, it was a master's degree. And um, I kind of said, there's no way I'm going back to school because I hated college. So once I got out of culinary school and I went to my four year, um, I was like, I'm, no, I'm not doing more school. Um, but then some health stuff came up, for, some minor health stuff came up for me and Western medicine really didn't have great options for me. So um, I went to go get a second opinion and they kind of said the same thing. And I was like, there's gotta be something else. So I was already interested in natural medicine. So I'm like, I'm gonna check out an acupuncturist. And when you first start getting acupuncture, there's something that it's kind of referenced to like an acupuncture high so when you first started getting it, like you're just not used to things working and flowing the way that they're supposed to. So you, you just feel so great after treatment. And that's how I felt. And my symptoms of what was going on with me got a little bit better. And from that, we started working on other stuff. And um, that particular practitioner ended up just being a little too expensive for me. So I ended up taking a break from acupuncture for a while 
but then after that, um, there was a friend of mine from the yoga studio who was saying she was going to acupuncture school. And so when I had left my pastry chef job, I was trying to do, I was driving for Lyft. I was trying to do something with the holistic health coaching and nothing was taking off. I was blowing through my savings. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I look at this acupuncture thing again and, you know, see if it's a viable option. And the practitioner I was seeing, she's like, you know what? My receptionist is graduating from acupuncture school. I prefer to hire students because they have an interest, at least in what I'm doing. Um, she's like, if you decide that you're going to go to acupuncture school, I'll hire you to be my receptionist. So I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty good. So I did the tour of the school and everything like that. And everything just kind of seemed in line with what I wanted to do. And it was kind of the first time that I was actually kind of excited at the thought of going back to school and starting on a new path. Cause I was like, I can be a health coach, but it's just a certificate. So I felt like it was kind of limited with where I could go with that, but doing the acupuncture program, actually getting a master's or a doctorate degree, it was going to open up a lot more opportunities for me. And I can still do the health coaching thing incorporated in with being a doctor. Have you gone back since to do acupuncture? at least to get it done, to have the experience? Oh yeah, I get it done on a regular basis now. Okay. Um, so those health issues kind of, there's, I mean, they're still around, but and Western medicine kind of has the, the same, not great <laughs> solutions for me, um, but I have seen improvement with uh, using the acupuncture and herbs. And um, for that, Amongst all the other things, like I said, you know, I was using it to deal with the grief from James dying and, um, you know, whether it's colds or skin rashes or, you know, anything that comes up, um, acupuncture is pretty much my, my go-to at this point. So I get regular treatments, especially going through school, like just getting that extra support um, for immunity, for just helping with concentration uh, you know, for energy, I mean, for everything, um, acupuncture works great. Have you become a fiend for acupuncture? Yes. Sounds <laughs> like are worse things. <laughs> you have become a fiend. What is going on here? <laughs> I think I tried it once, um, mm -hmm. and I liked it. Yeah. I think the needle hit me like in a shoulder area. So I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. Another one hit me and said, oh, shit. And I liked it. I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I, if I should do this anymore. But they did whatever they were going to do. And when it was over, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, enjoyed I mean, it. And what people don't realize is that it can be used for so many. Like, I mean, it's it's been around for so long. I mean, it does internal medicine. It's functional medicine. It's it's not people know it for pain, um, you know, as they know it as an alternative for the opioid crisis. And, um, but it does so much more than that. Like, I mean, blood pressure, um, cardiovascular disease, uh, neuropathy, it can help with 
uh, neuropathy and diabetes. I mean, there's just so much that it does and people don't realize it. And so, you know, it, it's up and coming. It's definitely, I mean, you can't go into any neighborhood without seeing an acupuncture clinic now. Um, so I'm hoping that the trend continues and the world, the word gets out more and more about it. And we kind of gain some momentum, especially with legislation and everything. Yeah, I was, I was having problems with uh, the muscles in my, I think my shoulders all the way down, mm -hmm. relaxing. Yeah. And that was the reason why I went. And they started, oh, whatever they started yeah. doing, it, it changed the way all that felt. Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't know if I should do this again. They was like, well, just come back if you, I was like, no, this feels too good. It's almost too good to be true. I got to be careful with you guys, man, but. Because it works. <laughs> it, it, yeah, no, it worked. It definitely worked. Um, I th just think just the way I live life, it's just naturally tense and, you know, just like oh, yeah. up, up there. So um, I think I prefer the massage a lot more just because of the pain that I get. But it's not really pain for me. Like, I enjoy the massage. Um, yeah. And the way they grab the muscle and they break it up. Like, I can hear them breaking it and it's crackling and... Um, shout out to Mama Seuss, Aisha Pearson, Peerless <laughs> Massage. It's very good. Um, I get like a 90-minute sports massage, and she like breaks up all the muscle. Yeah. Oh, I laugh through it because it's painful to me, but that's how I deal with pain. Yeah. I laugh through it. Um, it feels good to me, though. Like The acupuncture was cool, but I enjoy that more because she explains it as she's going on, and she lets me oh, know. Okay. The muscle and what and the tense and why it may have happened and she we, we talk we have yeah. a conversation even though she may be fucking me up um yeah yeah i i enjoy it it's a very good massage um that 90 minutes is like some of the best time of my life when she's doing yeah. that but, um the acupuncture i have nothing I, I have nothing bad to say about it in the one experience or the twice that i may have had it but for me, the massage was was a lot. It was a lot more pleasing to me just because of the way it comes across. Right. Yeah. To each his own, right? We all we yeah, all have different things that we 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 like or, or that we love. But the main thing is that we deal with what is going on with us, and we don't hide it, and we don't mask it behind something else. Because if you do, you're going to release it in a different form, and it may be through negativity towards someone else. Or maybe through a drug or alcohol or anything else, and we mm -hmm. want to avoid that. Um, yeah. I think in this in the in this life, as far as being in America, we are often uh, we sidetrack our problems, right? Or we mask them by doing yeah. different things instead of just saying, "Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. These are one of the these are, these are the things that are bothering me, um, and I need to take care of them." We don't do that. Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. I'm all right. How about you? And yeah. it's a lot. Every day you hear it. And I realized that years ago, like, oh, this shit is a lot. Everybody says that. Everyone but you're saying it because that's the norm, right? Hey, how yeah. you doing? I'm good. How are you? You're not good. You're you're yeah. lying. Yeah. Lie. But we have to do that because we're masking. And not only that, but we may be on the job or, you know. Right. It's not I the mean, time to. I mean, working in working in a grocery store, someone's like, oh, how are you? And be like, oh, God, today's a bad one. <laughs> you know, I mean, people aren't prepared. Me, I would be the guy to be like, 
and what makes it so bad. Right, exactly. You know? And and most people are not prepared for those answers. You know, it's it's really just a, a reflex response to be able to just kind of like move on with the conversation, especially yeah. as Midwesterners, like that's just what we do. <laughs> you say, I'm fine. And then you carry on and that's about it. Yeah, you know, I'm, the, I'm the guy that goes, and what makes today such a bad day? And they'll yeah. explain it to me and I'll go, oh, okay. So you ha- you're having an, an adult experience, like you're, you're alive. So, you know, there are things that you need to figure out about yourself or this life or um, yeah. you get through these things. And they're like, oh, well, you know, such and such happened and I'm trying to deal with this or I'm dealing with that. I was like, yeah, a lot of us are. Yeah. A lot of us are. Like, there are things that we all have to deal with, man. Like, this is just the way, this is the way things are. And it's not to downplay the things that they're dealing with, but it's, for me, it's acknowledging that there is a problem. Acknowledging that there is a problem and saying, you can either do something about it or not do something about it, but you have to move forward. You have to move forward. Um, I know someone who I love very much that did move forward and they killed themselves. They they, They committed suicide. So, I don't know why. Right. Maybe they felt like life was so horrible that, you know, um, that they had to do it. But I just think it was, to me, it was a selfish decision to do it. Um, you left your kids and your wife and everything else out here kind of like alone. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I'm, understand that. So. I'm definitely glad to see more movement for mental health awareness. Um, you know, I mean, we're so with this culture and society, we're so involved with what's going on with us and there's so much shaming and bullying and everything that's happening. And to see just the beginning, like, I feel like I'm hoping that this is just the tip of the iceberg movement for mental health awareness, because yeah, especially this year, everyone is struggling. Everybody is going through, and under normal circumstances, everybody typically is going through something. Yeah. And especially now, it's just on such a different level. And for people to be sharing their experiences and being able, you know, there there's such a stigma around saying, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I feel like I'm have these huge mood swings and I'm hurting. I think I might be bipolar and um, the more people speak up about that and people are saying oh it's just for attention it's like or people are actually just finally speaking up that this is what's going on in their head and they need an outlet like by saying it they're asking for support and they're asking for resources and everything and the more that we can put those resources out there and, you know, tell them, Hey, like, yeah, you're not alone. Like I'm not taking away from what you're going through because everybody's, everybody's um, level of what's tough is different. So, you know, people are like, you know, right after James died, people would always tell me like, well, I'm not going through what you're going through. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean that you're not having a hard time. You don't have to lose your spouse in order to say, I'm having a hard time with this. Like you are perfectly valid in saying, you know what, this is really hard for me. I don't know how to make it through. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And that's what, you know, it's just so common for people to diminish their own experience of what's happening just because they're comparing it to somebody else. And I mean, and I catch myself doing this sometimes too. And I think we're all, we all do it where we get into the inner dialogue of nobody understands this. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody knows how hard this is for me. And we feel like we're all alone. And um, like how I was saying before, you know, the more that we talk about our own things and that's why I talk about the things that I go through. And that's also why I put it on social media because social media is so much of comparing ourselves and we read stories and we think everybody else is having, you know, this great life or whatever on the outside based on what we see on posts and pictures and stuff. And if somebody says, if somebody sees my post and they're like, you know what, that's, that's a really honest post. Like you can yeah. see, you know, the struggle or the, the sun after the storm type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, great because that's real. So uh, I'm really happy to see this movement for mental, mental health and I see what it's done for me. And obviously you saw <laughs> the, manicness beforehand and um you know i <laughs> i don't yell at bags of sugar anymore typically that i'm aware of poor <laughs> bags of sugar my goodness the conversations you must have with them man oh uh, <laughs> um but I mean, now I have tools. Like, I mean, I, and if I don't have tools, then I know where, like, I have no shame in saying I'm in therapy. Yeah. You know, it's, there are things that should be normalized. And I will talk about them, you know, to no end. I think the other part about it is that uh, certain people may shame it because they're not in touch with, them, with their feelings or they're yeah. hiding them, right? Yeah. Then you may just have people who haven't dealt with anything yet. They haven't hit that point in life where yeah. things are happening for them and things are out of their control. So they're not reacting to things the same way that you are. So yeah. they don't understand the empathy or the sympathy that they should have for another individual right. who is dealing with uh, loss of a family member, loss of a loved one, um, dealing with a, a fatal disease or anything like that. Like they may not understand that, but we have to at least make people aware of these things. And then I think we should also be teaching people, hey, just because you aren't dealing with it doesn't mean that it's okay. It's someone else's right. life. And they and these are the things that they have to deal with. Right. And because you're not, you have to have some type of empathy for them just so you don't offend people, right? Um, I know during the course of me grieving for two and a half years, two years maybe, um, I had a couple altercations with different people who I who I was cool with, and one guy I didn't, I really didn't like, and I was so happy when that altercation took place because I was like, yeah, you deserve all that, you deserve everything you just got. But yeah. I think in those altercations, the realization of it was that certain people just aren't aware of the actual hurt and pain that others, that another person may be going yeah. through. Um, and I think that 
we should do better by not necessarily catering to the person, but acknowledging them and maybe catering to them to somewhat to make sure that, that they feel okay and they feel comfortable. Yeah, depending on their situation. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't want a person to just feel like they're on the total outside and no one understands that because then you you rob them of being able to relate and be able to release some of that that frustration, that anger or the hurt and sadness that may right. um, be abound in their lives. Like you, you don't want to you don't want to do that to them, but it's definitely needed. I think we should be more empathetic, uh, uh, have more empathy for people. Um, There's one thing I've definitely, I feel like as I, as I get further into my adulthood is you can work on sympathy with people, but trying to work on empathy is much, much harder. I feel like that people, especially when they're adults kind of have this level of empathy and that's just kind of like what they, end up coasting with unless that situation happens to them jen i have a buddy like that but i think it's more so just because he lost so much in life Um, yeah for him it's just like you crying over one person like i lost you know what i mean like he he goes to that and he and you you i know but recently he started he started having a breakthrough so um I don't know if it was COVID or just the fact that he's um, he's single now and he's starting to realize like all the stuff that has been going on with him. Yeah. But I told him like, now is the time for you to understand who you are and, yeah. and, and understand the things that you went through, like losing your mother, losing your father, losing your brother. You know, like he's, he's had a lot of loss in life. And it, it, it's, it's, I think that was one of the th- reasons why he would be so har- harsh just yeah. in general to, toward everyone. And I was like, man, you, you now is the time for you to not necessarily just heal, but understand who you are and, and think about the things that you, that you may have said to people or the things that you've done to people, the way you rub people wrong because you went through a lot and you expect, you're not expecting people to be on the same level of hurt, anger, and pain as you. But also, you aren't empathetic to the to those who are going through things that you think that they should just get over it because you got over it. Right. When in reality, you did not get over it. Yeah. You just try to suppress the emotions or the feelings that you had just to keep on going, just to continue to live yeah. life. And it, and, it, and it didn't work. It didn't work because here you are now texting right. me and calling me at weird times of the day or the night. And you want to talk. Yeah. You want to talk to me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you want to bother me. And so, yeah, um, yeah I, I just think the empathy, you know, just having, just being tacit, just the understanding of and just knowing that, you know, everyone feels, everyone hurts, everyone has emotions. Yeah. Uh, there are men out there right now who are saying, I don't have no emotion. I'm, I'm strong. <laughs> Let your mama or your daughter or someone like that die. You, you would change, you would change that, you know, or yeah. let them be in a lot of pain and you yeah. can't do anything about that. And, and you're totally on the outside of what's going on. You would change your mind. So everyone has emotions. Um, the way we deal with them may be the way that we deal with them, but also it's not sometimes the best way to deal with them. I know right. losing what I lost, I dealt with everything through aggression. And once we got past aggression, there was still a realization that I wasn't feeling well. I was still sad. There was some depression there. So 
there are a lot of ways that we may mask it or use vices to hide them. But in the end, you still have to deal with these emotions. They are always yeah. going to be there. And you're going to have moments mm -hmm. where, you, where you battle them, where the wind may whistle to you and you may hear a voice. You may hear someone laughing. And you're like, fuck. I hate the wind, but you know, it's just the way that you gotta get past it. So it happens to me, but you know, those are just things that you have to deal with. So I yeah. definitely understand. I just think that people, uh, we should just acknowledge that like, hey, that person is dealing with something and we are not necessarily trying to get away from them, but we're acknowledging that they're, they're, they have a situation um, and they need some support. Whether we can give them support or not, maybe not, but we can, you know, say, hey, I can refer you to someone or it's okay to have your moment. It's okay to have your moment. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. And even saying, you know, Hey, I, I recognize, you know, you're going through a really tough time and I wish I could be there for you, but I don't know how, I mean, even that, I mean, that alone can be helpful for another person and be like, you know what, number one, maybe I'm coming off, not how I think I am. Like maybe I think I'm coming off fine, but obviously I'm not. Or that, you know, like, hey, somebody somebody actually cares. Like yeah. somebody actually cares enough to notice that something's not right. Yeah, yeah. Um, for you, things will get better. You will always still have love for another person, for another human being. All yeah. the memories that you do have, all that stuff will be there, but. yeah majority of you will heal it would just be the fact that you have these memories mentally but the physical of the person the essence of them still there but not physically so yeah it'll get better i know i i enjoy life i don't know about i can't speak for anybody else even during this time and everything that's going on i still enjoy life yeah i can't help it like i have to i'm very happy i love my family because my family is um they're just there. They're just very supportive. Um, my mom's side of my family is just crazy. They're just crazy filled with love. And I, I and if they're hearing this, man, I love y'all. I love y'all so much for that because even in the midst of trouble, they make things feel like it's just gonna be okay. I swear, Jenny, I, I swear to you, like they make everything feel like it's just gonna be okay. Even with what's going on recently, it's like, ah, that's nothing. You'll get past that. Even if you got something wrong with you, we'll, we'll bounce back off that. So, um, yeah. you just, you just, you just have to continue to keep moving, keep evolving, go through it, uh, yeah. live in it, process it and, and, and grow from it. It'll yeah. I mean, I, I did have a relationship with somebody. Um, we were together for seven months this year. It was oh, like wow. COVID relationship and he was the first relationship since James and, you know, it didn't work out. And I mean, we're friends, you know, I mean, I think he's a great person, but it just wasn't the right fit. But being able to go into that relationship showed me that, yeah, I am going to be able to care for somebody like and, you know, using the mediums and everything, you know, I've used several people and all of them have kind of had very similar messages where it's like, you know, of course, I'm never going to be able to replace Anybody who loses somebody, especially a spouse, you know, it's not about replacing that person. And you're never going to be able to replace that person. You're never going to be able to replace those experiences and that love. 
And we definitely did have, even with him being sick, we were like stupid, crazy, happy in love with each other. And which is amazing, but it's also kind of like, okay, that's my expectations now for relationships. Yeah. Yeah. But you, gotta get past that. you have to get past that because one right. person isn't the same, isn't it? And exactly. I did, that, I did that for a while. It doesn't work. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, well, if this happens with this person, then oh. it's a sign. And then, and then you're just like, well, shit, like, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> And, you know, in a couple of, a few of the mediums had, you know, had told me that what he was passing on was, you know, even though I'll never be able to replace that connection, that amazing connection that he and I had, um, there's going to be something different and there's going to be something that's even better which is hard to imagine, but I'll know it when it's there. And this person that I was with this year, even though it didn't work out and kind of towards the end, you know, neither one of us were really happy. It showed me like, okay, yeah, this is possible. It's not going to be you know, James is not going to be necessarily like holding me back or, you know, in any way, shape or form in a relationship. It's just gonna be finding a partner that can, dating a widow is not (laughs) for everyone, that's for sure. And it's not about moving on and being like, oh, I found someone new. So now James is in the background and it's different for everyone, but, you know, I still plan on celebrating birthdays and um, his transition anniversary and, you know, things like that. And I'll have pictures and I'll have things, you know, from our life together around all, you know, and I don't plan on letting those things go, but, you know, it's just going to be finding somebody who can accept that that's a part of who I am. And it doesn't mean that I haven't moved on, but it's more of kind of like how people have altars or tributes to people you know it's just in that sense and not everyone's going to understand that which is fine no they're not um you just have to make them aware of it and then move on from there right yeah Um, and being comfortable with yourself and and where you are is is uh, the key part of it because once you know that then uh, it won't matter how anyone else feels Um, yeah still going to be a strong person you're still going to be strong-willed and do what you want to do you're still going to be stubborn you're still going to talk to bags of sugar you know what i, I mean? probably will i yeah. mean yeah let's be honest i talk to inanimate objects pretty much all yeah, the you time. might talk to a plant every now and then but it's, it's fine um, <laughs> it's just about maintaining you know yourself and your peace of mind and yeah being able to cope with the situation that you had to deal with that's all yeah. So, and, and so this is what I was told recently. Uh, I think my cousin told me this. He said, every person that you date is just a reflection of what you are or what you aren't and the things that I, you need to improve on. That's it. I agree. See? I, I, I've taken big lessons from 
all of my relationships in yeah. my adulthood. Yeah. And whether it's, I mean, big things are clarity of what I want and what I don't want. And uh, I pretty much, I know sooner in the next relationship or pretty much right away, you know, this is something I, I, some, something that's going to be good for me or something that's not going to be good for me. Yeah. 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 Just talking to my cousin, like he was just like, man, cause, cause he's married. He's like the women that you meet, he's just not the random ones, but the ones that you actually end up in a relationship with are a reflection of you. So whatever it is that, that you see in them or you see in your, whatever it is that you see or don't see in them is something that you see or don't see in yourself. Anytime you get involved in the actual relationship, they are there to either remind you of it or to, you to, to correct it. Like, this is what you have to work on to get to the next level. Like, these are the things that you need to work on. So I took that from, I was like, damn, I think you're right, man. I think you got it all the way right. He's like, cause I've been married seven, I think he said he'd been married 17, 15, 17 years or something like that. He's like, I listen, I dated, I did all that. He's like, I got to her. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but here we are 17 years later <laughs> and we're still together. You know what I mean? I was like, but it's like, cuz how do you get to that point? He said, there's a realization in each relationship that you go through. He said, and with her, I just realized there are some things about us that we just not gonna, we're not gonna like, which is not yeah. gonna be able to get along at certain yeah. points. There are certain things about her that she, I'm not gonna like, certain things about me that she's not gonna like, but because you are invested in that person and in that relationship, you're willing to go the further distance. You know, she he, yeah. he said that she knows nasty things about me. I know nasty things about her, but he's like, I wouldn't, I would never jump back out here in this world and try to do that over again. He's like, this is it. Yeah. He said, he said, this is it. Like we, I, I gave it, I gave it my all into this person, man. He said, and if it, if it's over, it'll be over, and I won't do this no more. He said, because you're, I mean, I, you're sacrificing, yeah. you're giving everything into this one relationship. Like you have to, you have to sacrifice to get to that point. So, yeah, I mean, there's give and take with relationships. And I mean, I, I will say, you know, even though most people saw when they did see James and I, they saw us when we were stupid happy. And, you know, after he was sick and what the kicker was is that his sickness is what solidified our relationship. So, uh, but before then, oh yeah, we had it out in fights and there were things that I couldn't stand about him. There were things that he couldn't stand about me, but we ended up just kind of getting to a point where we're like, all right, this is, this is who you are and you're not going to change. I'm not going to change, you know, for certain things, you know, we could compromise, yeah. but you know, it, there was, there was this illusion, I guess, and it wasn't that we were purposely putting it on. There was this illusion that everything was easygoing and every, our relationship was really great. And that's not what relationships are. No, you know, it's um, not a movie. It's not one, leave it to beaver or any of those. No. Like in real life, people it's are messy. going to argue. <laughs> they are not going to get along. And they have to figure out how to get along and how to yeah. get past grudges and all that other crazy stuff. Like, these are things that we, I wasn't told as a kid, you know what I mean? Like, 
Right. How come y'all didn't tell me like me and this woman that I love was gonna argue like this? Like no one said that to me, you know. So yeah. At this age, I think it's for me, it's just more about compatibility, understanding, um, not just being in a relationship, but being like in a partnership, like where we're yes. where we own businesses or things like that, like different things um, on that level where it can secure and show intimacy on just different levels, not just yeah. as as my as my wife or or whatever it may be, but just on different levels. I just wanted to to all be there. But when I'm expel- explaining that to certain people or certain women, they don't seem to get it, you know? Yeah. There's... You're supposed to take care of me. Say, like, what? Who told you that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, James was James was 15 years older than me. You know, he was married. He had kids and everything. I mean, he definitely had a different perspective of relationships. Um, I didn't realize that he was as old as he was when we met. And he didn't realize I was as young as I was when we met and, you know, maturity wise and emotionally, you know, we pretty much met in the middle and, um, he, we taught each other so much about relationships and being in relationships and, um, how to work together on things. And there is, there's this, there's this give and take with relationships where, you know, yeah, he took care of me financially. Like I ended up renting out my condo when I moved up to Park Ridge and he took care of me financially. So I pretty much just kind of worked, you know, the minimum that I had to, uh, but I took care of him in a lot of different ways. And there was just this kind of understanding of, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, bar graph, like, you know, one person comes up, like the other person's going to meet them, but it's going to be like in a different way. And eventually things shift and it's just a lot of people just think it's going to be like this flat line process and it's going to be okay. Well, this is the way that it's going to be you make this much and I'm going to do this. Like you have these roles to play and those are your roles for the relationship. And it doesn't work that way. I mean, if it does great, that's your relationship. But for most people, especially people who work where both people work, or if you have a family or whatever, things are going to shift. And your role is whether it's going to be, you know, being taken care of to, being the breadwinner or whatever it is, you have to be able to adapt to different positions. You're not going to be able to just stay in one position in that relationship. Definitely. Let me ask you this. Do you ever see yourself having kids? No. <laughs> I can. <laughs> that was very definitive. <laughs> I used to want kids. Okay. Um, as I get older, I'm fucking tired. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm 30, I'm 35. I, from a Western perspective, you go into geriatrics, which is a terrible term, but it's time. It's the time when things supposedly start to decline from a, 
East Asian medicine point of view, there are ways to be able to, I mean, look at Holly Berry. She had healthy kids in her early forties. I mean, it's possible um, if you make the right life adjustment. But as I've kind of gotten older, um, that I have that motherly instinct, but I have absolutely no desire to grow a human myself <laughs> and go through that. Um, I love dogs. If anybody <laughs> knows me, if anyone knows me, like my dog has her own Instagram and I can't get enough of dogs. Babies, I love, look, I love babies. <laughs> I love kids. I just don't want any of my own. I just don't have that desire to have my own. Gotcha. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're still young. You still have time to change your mind. I'm like, yeah, but the, the, the thought of it is decreasing as I get older, yeah. not that I'm running out of time. And I did have this conversation with my acupuncturist because one of the things that you know, it's a gynecological issue that I've been having for the last few years. And I had the conversation where I'm like, you know what, there are times when I'm like, I'm just gonna go get a hysterectomy. Oh, you know wow. what, I don't care. Like if I felt like it wasn't gonna cause issues or there weren't gonna be complications or anything like, to me personally, that's a viable option. And she's like, if you are a hundred percent that you are not gonna have kids, then why not? Not that she was necessarily telling me to go do it, but she's like, with the issues that you've been having, because they've been going on for so long, if you know that you're not going to have the kids, if it's going to make your life a lot easier with these issues and things that are going on, then what's wrong with that? Like men go get vasectomies and it's not, you know, there's no blink about it. But a woman saying, I mean, women's healthcare in this country needs to be improved upon greatly. And in order for a woman to have a hysterectomy, even it, like voluntary, you have to have medical backup for it. You have to be a certain, like if you are too young, they initially tell you no, because, or if you haven't had kids yet, they're like, well, maybe you should hold off on it in case you want to have kids. Mm -hmm. And the way that I look at it is because as we talk this through, um, I was like, James was like, until I meet this next person that is, you know, forecasted to come to me at some point, um, James was the love of my life or one of, and if I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him and I didn't want to have kids, what is it that I feel like is going to change in my life to make me change my mind just because it's a different person. But even if I did change my mind and, you know, in five years from now or whatever it is, I'm like, you know what, maybe, maybe I do want to have a kid. There's so many different avenues 
you know, fostering or adopting. I mean, there's so many different ways. It doesn't have to be my own. Okay. And I've always looked at, when I was younger, I bought into like, yeah, bloodlines, carrying the name and stuff like that. And like, yeah, of course, like I, I would love the family name to be carried on and it will from my sister's kid and my brother's kids. Um, but for me personally, uh, whenever I do get married, I plan on keeping my name and, but you don't have to have a quote unquote heir in order to pass on, um, your knowledge or experiences. You can influence people in your community or people that you meet with or being a mentor, like what you're doing with youth groups and stuff like that. You can have an influence on the world and possibly even a greater influence on the world by doing something like that. You don't have to have a child in order to do something like that. And that's kind of how my view has been shifted as I've gotten older, where I just haven't felt the need to have a kid. Okay. Okay. You know, people do it, you know, people do it for multiple reasons and maybe, you know, it's an, it was an unplanned pregnancy or whether they feel like they have to, or whether they genuinely want to have a kid. And, you know, I don't judge people based on what their situation is whatsoever, but um, it really, it definitely gets under my skin a bit when people are like, oh, you're, you're still young enough to change your mind. Like, why do I have to change my mind? Yeah, I've, I've been asked or told many times that I would be, I should have a kid because I would be a great father. And I was like, yeah, that may be true, but you know, it takes two and <laughs> other person has to be compatible. Like I'm not just going to go out here and drop. Right. One. Yeah. Yeah. Just to have one. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I was, having that conversation they was like oh well you should just you know like find somebody that you like it's like what find someone i like you're raising a human you're not yeah you're not growing a rose bush like that's it and i was like (laughs) like i can't terminate a kid after it doesn't work after five or six years all right i don't want this anymore like get rid of it it's yeah it's a lifelong commitment and I mean, maybe I will change my mind. I don't know. Like, I I don't know what's going to happen in the future, yeah, but. But I just, for me, it was just the question, not the questions, but the, the assumption that I should just have a kid because I would make a good father. Yeah. Or, uh, I would be a great husband and all this other stuff. Doesn't necessarily fit me. It's it's about the person, like the compatibility. Like, right. what do we have in common to make sure that we, we progress um, in a relationship and fellowship and then to be able to bring another life into the equation. Yeah. How do we do that and make sure that we're doing the best job, not just for ourselves, but for them? Because once we have a kid, it's not about us anymore. It's about the child. Like everything about us. changes. Yeah. Everything about us goes out the window and then it just becomes about the child. And we have to be dedicated to making sure that this child has a better upbringing than we had 
right. and a better lifestyle than we had. Um, the other thing that someone told me about was that when you have kids, as a, whoever you are, they should have, they should be smarter and they should have a better chance at life than you did. That's what you're trying to uh, acquire or give them a better life. And I was like, I agree with that. Um, but it's kind of hard to be on the same terms with other people who feel the same way. So right. yeah, I was like, ah, I'm not going to do anything like that. And since then, I haven't had any kids, I don't think. But you know, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've done a very good job, at least as far as I know, of making sure that I, I do things the correct way. Um, yeah, be responsible. But um, if I were to have a child, like everything I know, they are going to know. Like I wouldn't hold anything back. By the yeah. time they're ten years old, they're like, "Why are you telling me this stuff?" It's like, "Cause you need to know, motherfucker." Just in case, you know. <laughs> when you care? turn thirty, you will need this information. <laughs> By the time you are fifteen, you're gonna be you're gonna have gray hair, and you know, like. You gonna you gonna you gonna know everything, and you're gonna figure it out, and you're gonna lead the world, and you're gonna be able to do better and, and you know, treat the world, yeah. better, leave a better impression than anybody else has left it. But um, I just think that it would be a, a significant of me because I didn't have a father to tell me this stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me about girls. I had to learn about girls by um, trial and error all the time, like. This yeah. one likes this, this one likes that. Oh, they don't like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, stop listening to rap music because the rap music is lying to you. you yeah, no, I mean? that's not accurate. Horrible, yeah, the love songs, you know, these guys are depressed or, you know, maybe some of that stuff actually happened, but don't listen to all that stuff. Like, you have to get to know yeah. the actual women themselves and and learn and, and grow with them. But it's just a lot. So because I didn't have that, tying a tie, something that simple, right? Tying a tie. Yeah. Like I had to learn how to tie a tie. So all these things, you know, um, I would definitely want to impart. Oh, and if I had a girl, oh, she would have so much game. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they wouldn't be able to do nothing with me if I had a girl. I told somebody, but I was like, oh, man, she would. Be. And then my, one of my buddies, he has a little girl. And he was like, dude, it's the best thing ever. He said, I wanted a boy so bad, but I got a girl. He's like, oh man, seven years old. She's, she's, bro, she picks up everything. I was like, good, good. He's like, men always say that they want boys and then they just melt when they have little girls. He has a girl. She's like seven years old. And, and he was like, bro, I get to tell her stuff. He's like, the way I get to do stuff for her and she picks it up. He's like, boys are dumb at a young age. She's like, she gets it. He's like, she's gonna be okay. He's like, if, if, if he's like, if I die tomorrow, she would be good for the rest of her life because she gets it. I was like, good, good. Um, I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna say any of the stuff that he's doing, but the way he's <laughs> teaching her, yeah, about not just life, but relationships with people. The stuff yeah. that he's doing is very informative, and she gets it. She gets it when she's around me. She'll be eating, and she's like, you. Well, this was last year before this happened. She yeah. said, you want some? I was like, no, I don't want none. Are you sure? I can give you some. Say, no, I don't want any. Okay, I'm only telling you that because I'm offering. If you don't want it, I'm not going to give you anything. I was like, okay. <laughs> and she'll sit there and she'll eat her food and she'll be okay. The way that he interacts with her, the way they talk, I was like, oh, she's going to be good. She's good. She's going to be yeah. good. But she's, she's a really cool kid. 
and she gets it. And I was like, that's what I would like. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, I already know if you have kids and it's a girl, he's like, I already know you're gonna you're gonna be on it. She's she's gonna be good. He's like, it's these yeah. boys we gotta worry about, man. Yeah. She said we we too lenient <laughs> boys and we let them do anything. I was like, all right, cool. He said, but her got it. But and I was watching the way he acted, the way he interacts with her, and I get it because that's the same way I would want to interact, not just with my with my girl, but with my children in general. But with the yeah. girls especially, you have to teach them the game. You have to yeah. teach them, and he's doing that. Well, I'm actually like I'm really excited now to see the shift in especially with like the Me Too movement and everything happening now with uh with women and seeing how it develops in how we adjust raising boys also. And I remember seeing um you know, this meme or something. And this mom, you know, she asked her son, oh, did you ask, you know, whoever this little girl out? And he's like, yeah, but she said, no. And the mom says, um, well, you know you what you have to do now, right? And the boy says, yes, I have to keep trying and keep trying. And she's like, no, you leave her the fuck alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she said, no, so you let it be. And so seeing how we adjust, I guess, raising boys and girls in trying to change this narrative of, oh, he hit you because he likes you, or you have to like do what you can to get a man, or you, know, you have to be the breadwinner, you have to take care of the family and stuff. And seeing how these things shift and change over time um, with all these new movements going on, um, I'm really and I'm really excited to kind of see how this plays out. And I'm I'm really hoping, <laughs> America, that we kind of do it in the right way and we move in the right direction. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, that's my hope. That's yeah. my thought, and I think that it will happen because I would hate for technology to advance so far but the mentality of people doesn't like that would be insignificant like, to make so many strides, the technology to do so many things as it does now, like you can make money from your phone. Um, yeah. But for human beings, actual people to not progress would be, it would be a total loss. It would be a failure to me for us not to not yeah. do that. Um, I would definitely want to see the progression of us as human beings become better. Um, the way we treat each other, um, yeah, and all that like it, it, it's all involved it's all inclusive and, and it needs to happen it definitely yeah. needs to happen um, no one should be I think Martin Luther, Martin Luther King talked about that you know the content of the character instead of the color of the skin right so you're right. judging a person off of the character what how the, how you perceive them or the, what they give you instead of going by their he has a brown complexion or he has uh, he's Chinese or whatever it may be. Um, we have to get past that. Though, these are things that are just so minuscule. Uh, and yeah. We have to evolve from that. These are very, very small details. And I know, I understand where it comes from because I've read the books. I have a shelf full of books, actually two shelves full of books. And we can sit and talk and, and 
pontificate, rant and rave and do all that stuff. But in the end, there are underlying factors why people do those things. And I, I understand it very, very well. And if right. you're one of those people, you're a piece of shit. Um, and I'm just going to say it like that. You just, you're just a piece of shit. And I understand why you do it. Um, I, and I get it, you know. Everybody has the poss- everyone has the potential for change. Yes. It's whether they choose to activate that potential or not. And that's in anything. Yeah. And people yeah. have people have the ability to be able to come become self-aware and do their self-work, but whether they choose to do it or not is different. Yeah. I've always said, and I don't remember who it was, but they're like, I like that saying. I've always said you always have a choice. So like when people are like, well, I have no choice but to do this. You always have a choice, but you have to deal with the, con- you have to live with the consequences of whichever choice you make. So, you know, if you're in a job that you absolutely hate and you're like, well, I have no choice, I have to pay the bills. You have the choice to leave to the job. Yeah. You have the choice to stay in it, but you have to live with the consequences of whichever choice that you make. And it's the same with relationships too. And I mean, not to take away from people who are in like abusive relationships or gaslighting situations or things. I mean, those are on a different level, but like on a very superficial level, um, you know, people have a choice to make and people have the choice to continue to a piece of shit <laughs> they do they do or, often and let me say this this too this is just my opinion it doesn't have to be yours or anybody else's this is my opinion if you know better you do better and oftentimes people don't do better because they just don't want to yeah it's very easy to do the wrong thing every day i learned that growing up i watched guys do the wrong thing every fucking day they just did yeah. the wrong thing every day and repetition and the more you see it the more people get locked up the more people end up dead it's very easy to do the wrong thing to hate people to just say i'm just gonna be out here hating people but sometimes the hardest thing to do is just be a positive person and say you know what i want to do better as a person i want to i want i want to know more about people and i want to evolve i want to have a better understanding of another individual who i don't know it is very hard for people to get to that point because yeah. they're so used to doing the repetition of evil fucking shit, like just bullshit. And a lot of these people grow up like that because right. their parents were like that, their grandparents were like that, and their great-grandparents were like that. So they're taught that shit, whether yeah. they're rich or poor, because I know people on both sides of the spectrum that are like that. Some yeah. of them were on my Facebook page and they got off. Some of them are still on my phone and we have phone conversations. Yeah. A lot less now since I know how they feel. We can't talk uh, like we used to talk. But I do understand that. It's just a matter of people realizing that doing better has to do with the mentality of us as human beings changing. And some people don't want to do that. They hold on to these old ideals that they have, that they've been taught, that they feel are correct, and and they don't let them go. To me, I... I, it's similar to religion. Like you believe in a religion all your life and you think that's the only way that life should be when actually it's actually not, you know? One yeah. book shouldn't make you feel a certain way. There's a, 
trillion books out here that you could read that could give you a lot of different, you know, life lessons and, and bring you peace and everything. But if that one brings you the ultimate peace, then fine. I understand that. But yeah. that's me having understanding. That's not everyone having understanding. I don't see the whole point in arguing and belittling anybody because of color of their skin or the way they feel, the way they dress or anything else. As long as you aren't bringing harm to anyone, you should feel the way you feel and people should just move on. So. Yeah. And I mean, everyone thinks they're right. Everyone thinks that their viewpoint is- I am never that, right. I'm always wrong. I'll say that. And I, I definitely, I mean, I catch myself with this for sure. And like, not to get super deep into it, but with this, the last election and this election, you know, seeing people who have a different viewpoint than me, um, you know, I would catch myself and I'd be like, how am I even friends with you? How am I even talking to you? Because you support this person. Like, how are you that dumb to support this person? And then I have to take a step back and I have to be like, all right, yes, that's my reactionary feeling, but that's also the problem with everything is we are basing everything and we're riding on these reactionary feelings and whether you're far left or you're far right, you're on the far side. And the only way that something is going, that things are going to get better is moving a little bit towards the middle and being able to have conversations with somebody who you may disagree with everything on, but you think you're right, they think they're right. So who's right? Who is to say anybody is right? And it's having conversations to be able to find at least some middle ground on something. And you know, it, I was talking with a friend and her boyfriend is like, anybody who supports Trump is racist and, you know, hates women and everything like that. And whoever is a Republican is exactly the same. And she is a mom and she votes solely on, she's a, she's a single issue voter she votes on the abortion issue. So, but she doesn't agree with pretty much anything else (laughs) on the Republican side, but that's how she votes. And so we've, there's been this, such a great divide between people on particularly the political side and there always has been, but we were not recognizing that we're all still living in this world. We were able to before, and yeah, a lot of issues have come up now and whether they're personal issues, political issues, whatever it is, we're playing into that great divide that they're trying to create. And so there's a way to bring up issues and not um, and being able to have conversations about it. You don't have to agree with the other person. Yeah. They don't have to agree with you, but you at least should be able to have a conversation 
with yeah. other people and be like, okay, I understand your viewpoint. I don't agree with it. We don't have to agree on it, but I at least heard what you had to say. Yeah, yeah I, and I heard people that are Democrats who were saying that, uh, I'm not gonna say it, orange chicken. They were saying that orange chicken was racist. And I was like, well, the guy on the other side isn't that great either. Like in 1977, he said he didn't want to raise his kids in a jungle, a racial jungle. He said that. So yeah. what are you telling me? Like, if you're going to talk about one guy, I can tell you stuff about the other guy too. Like he, yeah. he isn't necessarily the best candidate. In 1988, he, he was one of the guys who approved the 88 crack law. Like he wanted to specifically lock up black people he did that 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 was his that he was part of that initiative so for me is i get it you you want to speak negatively on one guy but the other guy has he has sh shit too right yeah so, I, everyone's gonna have skeletons in their closet they're all gonna have it and really what you're just voting for is the cover of the book that's all you want do you want one asshole do you want another the least of the assholes like which exactly. one are you so yeah. I definitely get it, but um, I try my best not to get into those conversations, but I think people do it with me because I know a little bit about history, just a small yeah. bit. And when they bring it up, they want me to bring up those things to help further their point. And I'm like, I can't further one guy's point, uh, one guy's opinion or point without bringing up the other guy. Like I know I've read about both sides. So when you speak on one, I have to speak on the other because I can't, I'm not going to justify for anybody. So then they go, oh, you're not, who are you voting for? You got to be voting for the other guy. I'm like, no, I'm voting for the least amount of bullshit. Like that's all that you're really voting for. But in those situations, it's like, you can't necessarily tell me that one guy is a piece of shit without saying that the other guy is a piece of shit. Like it's just- Nobody. Nobody who goes up on that platform has a clean record. No, no. none of them, none of them. And I, when, when the debates were going on and people were like, oh, I don't know, listen to Trump. I don't know how you could vote for Trump. And people were like, how can you vote for Biden? And I'm like, or let's take away the parties, take away the labels that we give people and just listen to them talk on the issues that are presented to them and how they present themselves. Given at face value, what they're saying and how they're acting, that's what you should be basing it on because everyone's giving a pitch. Everyone is giving, is saying what they feel like they, their parties want to hear to get votes. That's what they're doing. They're politicians, they want votes. <laughs> They're trying to make as many people happy as possible in a short amount of time. Absolutely. So, I mean, if generally, yeah, I vote blue, but if there was, if the red side came up with some, you know, topic or something, then like, if they're the ones that came up with socialized healthcare or whatever it was and expanding healthcare for everybody and making it more affordable, yeah, I'd be all for it. You know, I don't, I don't care. You got a better platform, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't care what color or what side that you're on. Give me the issues, 
give me what you plan on doing. And honestly, like, even if you tell me you're going to give me social health care, but you're a fucking idiot on stage and you can't make a sentence for your life. I don't know if I would really trust you with it. <laughs> like, I mean, cause I know it's somebody who's writing your speeches. I know it's somebody who's behind the scenes with all of this. Like, I mean, I know yeah, this Orange is Chicken would have done a lot better with that. Had he had that, he would have done a lot better. Well, so, I mean, I try to look at things from a more neutral perspective and be like, give me yourself at face value. And that's what I'm going to go off of. But people are so caught up with the labels of I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican, I'm liberal, independent, whatever it is there. And there's never going to be process progress made with that. And if anyone is listening, if you're going to vote, make sure that you vote in your local elections to make sure that you can change. Yes. Legislative and the judicial uh, bounds of things that happen before it gets to the executive, because Whatever they're going to do is whatever they're going to do. But they're going to do whatever they want at the top. Like, and that was something that I learned. Um, I mean, the last election was the first election that I voted in. I'll be honest. Really? Because I never knew the value of my vote. Okay. And I am not a huge fan of politicians in general. So I was like, I'm not like, I, I'm like, I don't really understand what they're talking about. I don't really have time to pay attention to it. And so I just never did. And my take on that, my stand was on that was, cause people were like, how could you not vote? I'm like, if I'm not educated on the candidates and I'm not educated on the issues, who am I gonna vote for? Like, I'm just gonna just fill in a circle. Like that doesn't make any sense either. So, um, I may, and so once I explained that, people were like, they backed off a little bit. And I was like, I'm not just gonna go fill in a circle just to fill in a circle or just to say that, you know, what if I was like, yeah, the Republicans, you know, they, they sound good, but they don't, they're not in line with a lot of things that I believe should be happening. Or if it was vice versa with, you know, Democrats or liberals or whatever it is, I don't know who I'm voting for. Yeah. So I would much rather not have a vote or not exercise my vote than to make a completely uneducated one. And so with the last election, especially with all the things with like healthcare and women's rights and stuff like that, that were happening, the last election was um, the first one where it, kind of woke me up and I was like, okay, like I get it now. Like I, I understand the importance of a vote and exercising your right to vote, but also doing at least a little bit of research and seeing what people stand for. And the importance of, like you said, like doing the local elections and starting small and that's how you build up to the big elections. Yeah. Because we saw with, uh, you know, with the last election, you know, you can win the popular vote, but lose the electoral college. Yeah. Once they said they, who they wanted in there, it's like, oh, it's a wrap. Yeah. They, I mean, they decide and, uh, you know, it's, you see it every four years with the election. 
You know, one side is like, yeah, our person won, suck it up, cry babies. And then the other side is like, we can't believe that. We yeah, we want to recount. We want to right. recount. And then every four years or every eight years, whatever it is, when the party changes, it's the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. And it's like, this is, this is how it works. This is how, like, it, this shouldn't be new to anybody. Like, either side is not going to be reigning for like 20 years. Yeah. I mean, that's just not how things work. So um, it's, this election year was definitely slightly inspiring in some ways and then slightly discouraging in some ways. For me, I just think that I was, uh, the previous election, I just think a lot of things were exposed. Uh, yes. It just brought out a lot of, people's real feelings and yeah. everybody was like I'm appalled I'm shocked I'm like why would you be like people have been holding this shit in and he let it and and he allowed them to let it out yeah. like you should be happy that the people that are in your circle finally said what they felt what they truly felt like why are you appalled and shocked and upset or hurt that people feel the way that they feel like a person feels that way. Like they've been felt that way. They just never had the proper channel yeah. or opportunity to say it. And now they have the platform for it and they're going to do it. I was right. happy about the shit. I was laughing. It was like, yo, it's, you're sadistic. There's something wrong with you. It was like, no, the truth is out now. I know how a person feels about me or about women's issues, women's rights or yeah. immigrants and everything else. I, I understand now. I'm happy about that. I'm glad they have let me know. Now I know how to talk to them and how to deal with them or not deal with them. I won't say nothing to them at all. Yeah. They were like, well, you, I don't see it that way. I was like, and you should, you should. The fact that people are coming out and saying what they really feel, that you should feel more empowered by that because you now know how to deal with them. The whole time that they've been, they've been lying doormat, dormant, they've been lying dormant and they've been putting on the facade. You should be happy now because you should get to see a person who, for who they really are. I was happy about it. The people that were commenting and saying what they were uh, saying on Facebook, I didn't. Hey, I just posted on the, on, the, on that page. Hey, hey, this, 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 and this, and this. And instead of responding with facts, they told me something that they pulled out the air, some alternative facts or whatever it was. It's like, oh, you, so you're going to make this stuff up? Oh, okay, fine. That's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Make it up as you go along. But I just gave you facts about something. And it wasn't me doing it just to say that, see, you're an asshole. It was me going, hey, let me make sure that they know what they're saying before they say that again, before they yeah. spew it on another a post or, or a blog or blog or whatever. And they did it again. I was like, oh, so you're just stupid. OK, cool. We're good. Yeah. then. We're good. I mean, and that's that's definitely come out a lot where. You know, whoever, well, I know who, but um, this whole anti-mask thing, you know, it's like, yeah, how, how dare the world or people base what they're doing off of science and <laughs> like people who actually research these things. Science isn't real. Right. <laughs> um, and it's like, you know, I got into it with, um, two previous, uh, you know, 
decently good yoga friends of mine from a long time ago. And they are hardcore Republican Trump supporters. Trump is going to save this country. Um, there's no good that can come from the masks and stuff like that. We're all just this big social experiment. And, you know, I'm like, well, this study and this study and this study. And they're like, no, it's nonsense. Open your eyes. And I'm like, uh, okay. Like the people who, I mean, again, like we all think we're right. And the people who are hardcore, right. And I was really surprised to see this from like yoga people too. So I was like, you guys are supposed to be all about compassion and oneness and everything like that. <laughs> Not, um, you know, it's amazing the amount of drama in the yoga world. But, you know, I never expected to see that type of response from that demographic. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, people surprise you, but people who have their minds made up, they're made up. I was like, yes, let it out, let out all the bullshit. Like, yes, give it, put it out there, put it out there, say how you really feel, because now is the opportunity for you to say it. And people say, oh, you know, that was supposed to be my friend. Well, are they still your friend now? Or can you guys socialize and get along with each other after knowing that this person actually feels that way? You know, for me, it was just like, I'm, I'm happy with it. Are, yes, there are a couple people who I am no longer longer talking to because it wasn't just one opinion that they had, but the stiffest opinion was about um, Latinos and Black people. And it was like, oh, man, so you felt that way this whole time and you had been masking it. Right. You know, so for and me... Like, that, and no, then that, if that they're like, oh, like, no, 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 not you, though. Huh? Like, well... <laughs> what you say? I said, if they're, you know, if they have that opinion about, you know, uh, people with a different colored skin and they're, and you bring it up and you like, you call them out on it and they're like, but not you. It's yeah, like, that, the bullshit. The but, bullshit. No, not you, you're different. No, 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 no. Well, you just saying that you judge people based on the color of their skin, but yet you don't do that with me. Like, why can't yeah. you just apply that to everyone then? Yeah. Yeah. All that, all that, all that stuff like that. Like I, I was happy when all that came out. Cause I was like, yeah, let it out, let it out. Cause I want to hear it. And then yeah. after you tell it, tell it to me, I want you to defend it. And I want you to, to give yeah. me facts about everything because nine times out of 10, you can't, like, there is no proof of anything that you can tell me that that makes sense, you know? So, um, I was, I was okay with it. I was like, yeah, you know, this is good. And people were like, I don't get what you're saying. And I said, people will expose themselves to the world or to you and you get to see it. And now you get to judge them, not judge them, but you get to see who people really are. And now you get to make a better, um, analysis of the person. Do you really want to deal with that person? Can you really talk to that person? Is that person progressive and productive or are they a hindrance to you? And the rest of the world, like, where do they stand with you? And I was okay with that. The more that people came out, I was okay with it. Yeah. I didn't sit on Facebook and argue all day with them. I watched yeah. them post whatever they post. And then I would sometimes I would go on a page and go giggity, just so I would be included, just so I could see the comments, right? I just, that's all I was, 
I'm just here for the comments. And then you just yeah. get out of there, you know, so just so you can see what's going on. So um, I was happy with it. It exposed a lot. Um, but for me as a black man in America, it lets me know that none of this stuff has ever went away. You know, it's, yeah. it's always been there and people people feel a certain way. No matter whether you work on a job with people, people that you meet in regular, regular life, Facebook, whatever it is, people feel the way they feel and they may mask the way they feel just because they're trying to put on, they're trying to save face. They're trying to put on the front and a facade. And those are the worst people to be around because, you know, they, yeah. there's nothing real about them at all. And you can never, to me, you can't, you can't trust a person like that. You know, how can you trust a person sitting around faking who they are? Right. Because they just want to be able to get along, get along, get along with people. Right. Exist and socialize. Like you can't trust a person like that. So right. um, I was okay with it. I know other people are like, yo, he's, he's an idiot. Like that's crazy. Like, no, it's real. Life is real. The people that we are around are real. The way a person feels is real. Hiding your feelings and, and all that shit is, is trash. I'm glad people came out and said the things that they have said because it lets me know where I stand with them. Even on what you just said earlier. No, oh no, not you. I'm talking about them. Well, I'm a part yeah. of them. Like I, I grew up yeah. like that. Yeah. I grew up like that. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, whether people like it or not, I'm okay with knowing how people really feel. I would rather that than you continue to lie and keep up a lot. For me, yeah. the truth absolves me of all dishonesty and everything right. else that's dirty in the world. If I tell you the truth about anything, I have told you that and I have nothing else left to say. I can only defend the truth. A lie, you have to sit there and take up for it over and over again. You got to continue to dress it up. And I'm yeah. not with that. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. I do not. So that's just me. Say what I said and I stand on it. I don't know. This has been a very good conversation. Um, what time is it? It is. Oh man, I'm not gonna say what time it is, but uh, that's a that's a that's yeah. That's one. This is one of those ones. <laughs> yeah. So I'll say this: I've had conversations um, that I have not put out yet that are like four hours or more. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so um, this is getting there. I think we might actually be there or whatever, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I didn't, I didn't know what to, so during any of these conversations, I do not know what to expect because I don't know how a person may feel. Right. Where they are when they sit down and talk to me. Um, I, only expoke, I only spoke to you and let you know some of the things I was dealing with pre- before right. we started, but um, I never know what the conversation will be or how it's going to go. Um, yeah. And I, I, I enjoy them, and this one I have enjoyed as well. Yeah, me too. Um, it's been very cool. Um, for me, it's been revealing and knowledgeable in every conversation, this one as well. So um, I appreciate you for your time and your generosity. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for asking me to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I was like, all right. <laughs> what, what did you think would happen? Well, I didn't know. Like, I mean, I, I didn't know if there was like 
you know, a topic involved or, you know, anything like that. I, I, I just didn't really, I've never done anything like this. So I just didn't know what to expect. That yeah, was it was just conversation, just talk, just talk. Um, I had to, I was told two years ago to do it. And I said, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be in people's business and asking people questions. Like, I don't have no time to be doing that shit. Like, people got lives to live. And I was like, no, man, like, you would be good at it. Like, you, you should do it. And then it happened last year. And it was like, yo, you really need to do it. It's like, no, man, like, leave people alone, bro. Like, like we, we shouldn't be doing it. Like, getting people to talk about their fucking lives. Like, leave, leave these folks alone. Like, people got shit to deal with. And then this year, it was just like, maybe... No, someone told me, it's like, yo, you, you should do it. Like, right now would be the perfect time. It's COVID. Like, the world yeah. is going crazy and insane. People yeah. may take all type of crazy stuff. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. If, if I do it, I want to know. I want to talk to people who have perspective. Um, yeah. People who I am inspired by. People who have motivated me. Um, people that talk to bags of sugar. Um, people who talk to knives and cutting boards and things like that like i want to talk to those those people because i know that they do have uh, a different perspective than i do and i want to i want them to share it and i want to be able to understand them a lot better as well so well now i pretty much just talk to dogs well my dog so yeah I, i've noticed that i've noticed that yeah and i see it on facebook i'm like what is she over here doing man uh you oh. know i got marge um my original intention so uh, I ended up moving out of the house in Park Ridge pretty quickly um, and sooner than I had that everyone had agreed on. <laughs> um, there was a lot that happened and I just needed to get out of there. And so I ended up going and staying with a friend of mine for a month before my renter was out of my place and I was able to move back home. And so as time was kind of getting up to that point where I was moving back home and I was going to be alone, it was going to have been the first time I was alone in like two years. And so I got a little nervous and I was like, okay, I just, I've always wanted a dog. Now it's time to get it. And so when I got Marge, I was like, dogs are really in tune with people's emotions. Like they'll pick up that I'm sad, you know, and they'll comfort me. Huh. Marge does not. Really? <laughs> Marge, Marge is not a great emotional support animal. I will say that. Um, she will let me hug her and stuff like that. Um, and then she'll just kind of walk to the other room. <laughs> so she's like, all right, lady, you've, you've had your hug. You can, you can deal with this now. So, <laughs> so um, but you get the dog that you need, not the dog that you want. And she is, I mean, she's had, she hasn't had like a super great past to begin with, but um, so she's had her own issues. Yeah, so she's had her own issues to kind of deal with as well. So, um, but I couldn't love her more. And she is one of my distractions when I don't want to deal with things, you know, I do a post on Instagram. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, she is, she's my world now. I could not imagine a better dog for me yeah. at this point. Yeah. I've owned a few dogs, but now as, as an older guy who likes to come home and be left the 
hell alone. I don't think right now would be the time because I could just can't see myself cleaning up after anybody's poop. <laughs> I, I I just like my place clean, and I don't I don't think I want to clean up after like because I know the type of dog I want. It's yeah. gonna be a, it's gonna be a Doberman, a Rottweiler, or a Cane Corso, or something like that. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm one of those guys. And no, I just don't know. No. There are math. I mean, yeah, that's a lot of cleaning up after. Yeah, and there needs to be a sitter during the day when I'm not here, so I have to take the dog somewhere and leave the dog somewhere, and just a bunch of stuff that I just don't want to deal with. Nope. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, definitely. Definitely having Marge has solidified my, I'm like, this is as much parenting as I can. Yeah, I, there I it is. <laughs> yeah. I watch people scoop up the poop. So the, the last young lady I was, I was talking to, um, mm -hmm. she had a dog and I would take the dog out because we got real cool or whatever. Right. So yeah. I'm taking the dog out. The dog has to go poop or whatever. And I'm like, man, I got to pick this shit up, man. Fuck. Oh. You know, so I got to go down with the, with the yeah. bag and do it yeah. and tie it up. And then a little asshole goes to another little yacht and, and a lot and does it again. It's like, oh, you piece of shit. You know what I mean? A little small dog. But um, yeah. I think maybe the dog was doing that because I kept changing up the route, the way we oh, walk. Oh, could be. Instead of being a 10-minute walk, it would be 15 minutes. And then instead of 15, sometime it would be 20, just because I wanted to be outside and yeah, running because I don't know what it had been doing all day. So we moving around. It would go one way, and I would go the other. And it was like, no, we going home. I'm like, no, we're not going home. Like we going over here. Like you need to be outside. I don't know what you did all day. So um, I feel like maybe at some point it might have been doing that just to just uh, just to spite me. You know, just like, oh, fuck this guy. I was like, ah, fuck you too. You know, one time it almost ran out in the street, and I was like, yeah, you about to get hit, and I'm going to let you. <laughs> and I, like, I put it back like no let me not do that because i i had to explain that to her yeah yeah I don't, I don't i don't have no time to do that so very good dog though very good dog very chill dog i would play with it we would have fun but i was sitting there taking it out and i was like i don't have no time for this shit yeah i just can't do this like this is a very small dog <laughs> well i mean it's, it's like anything dog, else it's not the dog that i would want like this is a right. very small dog I mean, it's like anything else. If you want it, you'll make time for it. You make it work. And I wasn't going to make time for it. You know, yeah. keep it as a little pup or whatever. And then like, all right, cool. Here, get rid of that shit. I don't want it. It's two years old. You can have it. Like, I don't want it. <laughs> but to me, that would be an investment because, you know, for me, like I like to get the breeds and they're like $1,200 or whatever. So yeah, I'm one of those guys, but. Um, I don't make judgments based on people who get breeds. I mean, of course, I always promote rescues. Yeah, um, understand. Big, big believer in rescues and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I'm like, you know what? If that's what you want to do, then that's fine, too. Yeah, all of mine were, like, breeds. Um, the Doberman, the Rottweiler. Uh, huh, the was it the Chow Chow? I don't think that was a breed. I think someone just gave me a dog and it had like a purple tongue. Or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, but the old fucking smart Dobermans are just smart as shit, man. They're beautiful dogs. Yeah, but, yeah, but smart. That's a little smart yeah. bastard, man. 
at all. That was a smart dog. You want to talk about getting me into some shit that I didn't want to be involved in? <laughs> that dog made sure to do it. Oh, my goodness. Now that I think about it, oh, man. Like, jump over gates and all that or dig <laughs> under gates. Man. And not, oh, man, that dog was unlock the door, the back door to get out. Perfect. It watched me. She watched me a couple times. I was like, I can do that. I'll wait till you're gone. Uh, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. When you're gone, I'll do it. Come home one day, the dog's running around outside. Everybody's panicking. <laughs> hey, how the hell did you get out? And I remember, oh, you watched me open the back door, so you know how to do it. Let me put, the, let me put another lock on here so you can't get it. So fucking dogs are smart, man. But they... Yeah. I think someone called it the devil's dog, the Doberman. It was like, oh, that's a devil's dog. They, they'll figure shit out. This bastard here, man, figured, out, figured it all out. Digging holes under the ground and getting out. <laughs> like, just, it's like, what are you doing? Like, you, you're going to cause me more problems than I want. And be sitting in the yard, like when you get home, sitting there, act like nothing ever happened. Posting for pictures and shit. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Like, get back in here and just sitting out there. And then when, when she gets up, she's sitting on top of something that she shouldn't have. And like, oh, now I'm in trouble. Now I got to go tell the neighbor, hey, my dog took this. I don't know if you want yeah. it, but it's shredded to shit, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, so that was my fault for letting her see me open doors. And open shit. doors. <laughs> She got out. She would knock that. She would knock the top the uh the swinging latch off, turn a knob, open the door, and run right on out. And I'm like, well, who the hell is watching my place while you're doing all this? Right. But the door would be closed. She she closed the door herself. I was like, no one's seeing you leave out the door. <laughs> yeah. Um. No more dogs for me. No. Not right now, at least not right now. Yeah. Not right now. No. Well, I got to go take my little nugget out. All right. I appreciate your time again. Yeah. Any other time, just let me know. Yeah. It'll probably be somewhere down the line. I have a lot of these I need to edit, post, do all that crazy stuff too. So much job to do. Thanks a lot. All right. Good talking to you. Good talking to you as well. Uh, thank you again. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. You too. All righty.